that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And here we are for another week of the fifth and last NRL podcast. And Boxhead, certainly no lack of drama out of the weekend, particularly to do with origin and just generally for some club teams with the injuries that happened. Yeah, carnage. It was Absolute also, carnage. Also a few laughs as always um, in terms of some decisions and Annesley coming out and saying things were right or wrong. So that circus goes on. A few unhappy Is team... it a circus? I don't mind that he comes oh, out. And it's a few teams that obviously feel aggrieved or hard done by on the weekend. So what? That's the game. Part of Get things, on with it. unfortunately. But this show, obviously, brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it with the True Blue Bookie. Download the app today or visit the website. Charity account. No win this week. Uh, probably couldn't have picked a worse person. I went Cleary for a big mm-hmm. game on return, and he did his hammy 15 minutes in. So that one went, Can't win them all. went down without a swing. 6.87.54 cents in the account. Hopefully, bring in some more cash, but let's jump straight in with our set of six. Thanks to Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith. They get us moving. Toby and the team there. Corner of York Road and Bat Street, Penrith. Sinclair, Hyundai.com.au, 47600603. Tackle one is exactly that. Some big injuries. Uh, Nathan Cleary, four to six weeks, but more likely the higher end of that. So the Origin Series over for him. Also, big implications for Penrith. Slower start to the year, building into things. Obviously, racked up some results now, but that's that's going to be huge for them to navigate this period without him. Not just through Origin, where they probably would have tried to play him a little bit more and maybe rest him. They now know that he's not going to be there for six weeks. Yeah, You've got Tom <clears throat> Gilbert, who's been outstanding for the Dolphins and a real linchpin for that forward pack. They were hoping that was going to be minor. That's now turned out that dislocation caused a fracture in his shoulder. So he's out for the season. So that's, that's a, a massive blow. injury, yeah. Um, oh, that is a big blow because he was... Mate, he's the heartbeat of that forward pack. Yeah. Him and Felice have been the tone setters for that club and what direction they're heading, so that's really going to hurt them. You've got Arrow. Obviously, I'm going through these as the injuries, but they're also linked to origin, which will be in the next sort of point. Arrow come off and looked dejected press conference afterwards and said he wasn't sure, but six to eight weeks, it's confirmed for him now. And then Latrell, who they were hoping or saying might only miss a week, not named again this week. So they're not sure about his... Um, condition and Murray as well with that groin, which is a touch and go. Mm. So there was some big injuries there. And in particular, I think the two big ones, if you look at Clubland, were Gilbert and Cleary. Arrow obviously hurt South, but they've got pretty good coverage. But those two, where they're at, this middle period where the Dolphins have won some games early, um, with Felice missing, Milford getting suspended, Wallace getting suspended, now Gilbert being ruled out for the year. They're, they're the sort of blows that they can ill afford if they want to stay in the eight. And then you look at... Penrith, and we talked about it, you challenge more and more with your depth year on year on year as people go along. Cogger, obviously, we even said it ourselves, really good junior sort of career. A little bit comparable to someone like a Blake Green, I think. Started off in probably the two worst situations you could be in. A real be- a rebuilding Newcastle with no real experience and then went to a Bulldogs team at the bottom of the ladder. Sort of hurt his confidence, I guess. <clears throat> this is his opportunity, like an O'Sullivan and other guys before to sort of prove a point at Penrith over the next six weeks with that opportunity that he gets. Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. It, Well, he did a, <clears throat> a really, really good job the other night. Like, mm. 
it was good timing for Ivan to put him on the bench. It was probably the mindset that Debut you were going to bring. Perfect. Yeah, but you were going to bring Luai or Cleary off. And then he comes out and he's your insurance policy. And I don't think if he's there, I don't think if he isn't there, they win that game. So, yeah. Mm, rough weekend in general. The DeBellin knockout was ugly. We were there to see that. Dipped his head. Uh, the Rocco Berry KO wasn't pretty either. Felt bad for him. Seeing stars and um, obviously going to have a couple of weeks off. Turbo was the other one, I guess. The news today about him getting cleared when we talk about injuries and that. So, initially ruled as a cat too. Overturned. Yeah. So, he's able to play this week. Reed Marnie cops another head knock for a consecutive week in a row. As I, I know Soali's had some concerning accolades and they say he lifted his knee. I didn't think that was anywhere near as bad as the two previous. And he said last week he got his technique wrong going against Tino. He got his technique wrong in that one. He went cross body on him and mm. stuck his head in the way. <clears throat> That's not to defend the high action, but he, the two or three previous high knees I've seen from Sawali were much worse than that one. I thought that was just shit technique, if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a pretty brutal round in terms of the toll, but yeah, those, those two probably lead the pile if I'm looking at those two clubs. Interesting to see how Penrith go for those six weeks without, and Gilbert has really turned out to be one of the best buys, if not closest to the best buy, along with Hammer, when you look at the Dolphins setup and what they're getting out of somebody. Um, so that one's going to hurt. But with that, we go tackle two. And the implication that has for the Origin teams, we'll start with Queensland. Where to now, I guess? If Gilbert and Arrow are gone, it's probably probably leaves you with a little more flexibility, in my opinion, in their situation, where they're just rolling guys through their middle and getting them to work. And then in the back row situation, I guess the question is, does Billy... Trust Felice after three weeks off, which I think he would, to get a job done up there. No, if not, <clears throat> Nenai comes back on the weekend, played a very good game of football, was there last year. And then your other option is Sua, who, like I said, has been one of the better players for the Dragons and has it'll, been there. It'll but be Felice. I'm with you. Yeah. I think for him, he'd have a no-brainer with Felice. He wouldn't even have to consider it. Uh, and then the middle spot, a lot of people have automatically thought Welch. He knows Welch as well. He's been in the system. He's off the injury. I honestly don't think he's been playing that well, that, that sport I'm a little more 50-50 on. Mm. I'd have to say, with the way that Moiaki Fotowakis played this year, again, the ability to pick Nanai as a middle or an edge in cover when they've got Cotter and these sort of guys that play multiple positions, and then you throw up Corey Horsburgh. So that role for the bench, I don't think, is as clear-cut. It would not surprise me if you went with Welch. He had him in his final 18 oh, or 19. Listen, <clears throat> I'd be putting Big Red in there. That's what I'd be doing. Suncorp Stadium. He's crazy. Let him unleash. But... Yeah, the, the, the plus side for them again, though, like I said, Moe's been playing good. I'm sure Welch would do a job if he's caught upon. He might lean that way, but I, I think between Horsburgh and Moe, um, if you want another middle, I'd be going that way. Um, so similar thoughts to you there. For New South Wales in tackle three, I think it's a lot more complicated because this is what New South Wales do so well in complicating things. The moment Cleary walked off the field, you'd have to say you think Luai's jersey walked off the field with him. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. He jumped off his back rower within 30 minutes of game one. He rolled Frizz in. Oh, sorry, Frizz off the field after 60. Um, does he go with one hooker again? Oh, I think there's a lot more question marks for New South Wales, which scares me. But naturally, the big one, and I don't think it's easy to decide, is the halfback. But regardless of what way he goes with the halfback, for me, I'd be putting Cody at six. Yeah. Obviously, with that want, in mind. I want to see this round. <clears throat> Right now, 
I would probably lean. Oh, look, I think there's probably two combinations that, or three combinations that I can see coming through. If you want to, if you want to keep the team settled, then you go Nico and Luai. If you want to go with combinations, you go with Reynolds and and uh, Cody Walker. Then, if you want to say best best players, best players suited, who's our best seven? Who's our best six? Then that then it becomes a little bit murky. I mean, what do you want? Do you want the Nico Hines type seven, or do you want your Nathan Cleary's yeah, do you want type a primary seven? kicker? If you want a kicker, then I think it's down to Reynolds, uh, and, Moses. Reynolds and Moses. And then if you want a runner as as a as a five eight, you could play Nico at five eight because essentially he plays as a running half. Yeah, they play three fullbacks essentially at Cronulla. He so does kick, it, but yeah, look. Based on what Phil Gould said on TV last night, I tend to think they're going to pick Mitchell Moses. Because you know he's got Freddie's ear for the most part. Oh, I just think he wouldn't say that if he didn't know something, mm. I believe. He's not a fool, that man. So, I, yeah, I think it'll be Moses. Well, if they go on Moses, I'd still be happy to have Cody. I think any of those guys Cody could play at Moses side and Cody. But I think my issue again there is... I think he'll keep Luo, won't he? If he picks Moses. Well, I wouldn't, but... Who knows? But I think there's a huge knock-on effect. I'm here. not asking that. I'm saying, what do you think Fitler will do? Oh, I think Luai's gone. Okay, so you think Moses and I think he'll Hines? jump straight off him. Well, if you, the other thing, this is one of those ones again. Like, they committed to Hudson, then they dropped him after 30 minutes. They brought Nico in as the forward end because he covers positions and Dally and he deserves us, this, that, and the other. Well, if you're speaking in that terms, well, then I think naturally he will get one of the half spots. Yeah. But again, we've been known to bring someone in and then get rid of him. We did it to Maddo, we've done it to Kevin Gillard, we've done it multiple this times. This is me, right? In this situation, I think you pick, you see who is available in the rest of the positions, you pick your team, and then you work out your halves based on the players you've well, got. This was the that, part I was about to say, Dad. This is the scary part. We didn't commit to either of our back rowers realistically. Latrell's no guarantee to play. Yeah. We don't know whether he's going to go two hookers now if he changes the halves or stick with one. And then the makeup of your whole team, like if he brings Kalal Matungi in like I would... Well, then one of those back rows is out. Will he actually give Hudson 80 minutes this time? Because if not, why'd you pick him? And then that affects your middle rotation. So Haas and Paul are locked in. I don't know if he'll go with Pungai again. I wouldn't, but it wouldn't surprise me if he did. But if he does that, well, you know, does Martin play off the bench? Is Murray available to play off the bench? If he's not available, then... Well, Campbell Gillard? Well, that's the thing. He's back this week. You'd have to see him play and hope that he's rare. And he was red hot before he got hurt. I'd be picking him. If he's good to go, I would, but you need to watch him. That was a bad injury. He's had a long stint out, so you'd want to see something. But 30 minutes or 40 minutes... I'll throw a name up. Fanua Pole. Is he even eligible? You know the one who who is eligible, who's a bit of a smoky, I thought they they all talked about Lenu. I think Tavita Tatola wouldn't do too bad a job if you needed 30 minutes. Yeah. He's eligible. You could do do worse than him. Well, I think you could definitely do worse. If we're talking about the form of Safidi and Clemmer and some of the other names that have been thrown around. Mm. Or your McLean, who's obviously had that one sniff last year and didn't get it, who's been playing okay football. But yeah. we are really hurting on middles right now. But we've actually, we've brushed over the man they carried last time. What about you said you'd play you took a money? Well, I would, yeah. If you give him 30 minutes, do a job. But I thought on Friday night, Pauli was better than Pauli's been good. But I don't know his eligibility. Mm. And this is one thing I've actually always been, mm. Mm. always surprised me is they don't list anyone who's eligible on the New South Wales Rugby League side. The Queensland side has every Queensland eligible player. You can actually look up who's eligible to play for Queensland. Well, it says Fenua Pole was born in Wellington. New Zealand. So he's more than likely a New Zealand rep. You could probably Google if you play Junior Kiwis. 
That's he, what I was. That's if, he, if he's done that, you could basically rule him out. Yeah. So, but yeah, like I know, like a Kalamatungi or these sort of guys, Olakwatu. There's a lot of guys that were born in New Zealand that play for New South Wales. Yeah, if, if they haven't, moved if they haven't played. But I don't know if he meets the junior rep criteria. Was he here before 15, etc.? Like he yeah. might not be yeah. full stop, so we don't know that. But your Tatolas <laughs> and these sort of guys who play for Samoa, Tonga, that second tier nations, graded as juniors here, have played that sort of junior level football. Yeah. So I know that Tatola is eligible for New South Wales, like Utoi Kamanu. Um, there's a few guys there, but it, it's more the middles. Haas, Paulo, Yo, I'd go with again, especially now that Murray's under a cloud. I'd stick with Arpy as your starter. You know, Teddy's going to be his one. But similar to you, I sat here and thought, well, if Latrell's not available and he's not settled on the back rowers, like, I, I don't know what he does. Does he go with Fox again? Like, I don't know. Does he look to Campbell Graham? They said last time, if you can't trade, you can't play. But he's South's told him he hasn't been training. He's been getting needled to play. Mm. So if they're going to go that route, you can't pick him. If they tell Latrell he needs to train and he says, I'm not going to be able to train, do they pick him? Like, there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, there is, yeah. And then the worst <laughs> part, again, like we said here, There'll be so many people sitting here listening who all have so many different opinions on the halves combination. If they lose, you know what's going to happen. He's just going to get torn to shreds regardless that you should have picked him, you should have picked him. You have no idea. I think the bigger issue is the flowing effect from this is we have no stability almost anywhere else bar the middle. Yeah. Like we didn't come out of that game going, all right, we're good in the centers, we're good in the back row, we're good with our bench rotation, and now a couple of those guys are injured on top of it. You could look at a situation here where you go up there and think stability is your best option, but he possibly might have to make five or six changes or will make five or six changes, which could be an absolute disaster. Um, but the, the one for me that I have no qualm on, especially the way he played on the weekend, your mob aren't exactly great at their second halves, but him healthy, he would have been my first back row beforehand is Kalamatunga. He comes straight in the team Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't care <laughs> if that means, maybe even if he uses Hudson as a middle edge cover on the bench or frizzing that way if one of them gets pushed. Kalamatangi for me is a lock. Fenor Pole is Victorian bread. Well, there you go. So he's probably not. You sure? Or is that Tuolagi? No. Tuolagi's it's... a Melbourne junior. Pole and Tuolagi out. are Victorian bread players. Well, there you go. Wonder if he ever was at the Melbourne system. I'd be happy to have him. Polo's come a long way since being spotted by West Tigers recruitment manager Warren McDonald at the Australian Schoolboy Championships. There you go. Aussie, mm. Aussie schoolboys. So championships. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so that's New South Wales, Queensland. So he must have been playing for. Let's just say he playing affiliate CHS or someone like that, or sports highs, or. So yeah. I, I don't know. But yeah, there you go. That throws that one out. So yeah, probably you took a manu. Well, you took a manu. Campbell Graham, uh, Campbell Gillard, Campbell Graham, Campbell, Campbell Gillard, Gillard if he's healthy. Mm. But again, on a Freddie side of thing, he... I, don't, I don't know. I, like I don't know. I, I really this, this is the hard part. It confuses though. the shit out of me. I, I don't know why they played. You know, Penrith players on the wrong side of the field. I don't know why they played at a car on the other side of the field. I I, I, well, well, I don't know. Well, I, well, even that, though, you go in this game now and you go... But okay. I also think there's people in the media not asking the right questions. They, they all want to be... It's like they want to be his mate, but then they'll get on a panel show and bag the fuck out of him. They I don't do get it. that. I, I don't get that. Ask him the questions in the presser. Ask him tough questions. Yeah. Like, well, I'll, I'll put it to you. It, it, you don't have to. It's not personal. No, it's not personal. I think if anyone, if anyone would understand that, it's Brad Fittler. Hmm. He played the game played. at the highest level. He's you know close to being an immortal, a fantastic player, but it it does not make him immune from criticism or tough questions. No. I, that, I would have asked. There would have been 10 questions I would have liked to have, to have asked him. And that's not because I think I could do a better job. No, because I don't think I can do a better job. 
but I think there were some there were some glaring things that. Yeah, well, like we said, use of middles, interchange plan, yeah, rolling all, the edges. There's questions yeah. there to go. Why did you do this? That's all, and look yeah. for reasoning as to what was your mentality behind that. Why? Why did you think this was an idea? Was it always a plan to play Hudson for thirty and pull him and roll those other guys in? And I'm, I'm a that, little bit. Know? What I'm a little bit sick of is the whole narrative. Well, you don't know. You, the fans, don't know. We know it's best. It's crock shit. It's like, well, understand that there's a lot of people out there who are pretty well educated. And that can look at it and go, that doesn't fucking make sense. There's fans, like we said, we're considered fans. You're coaching New South Wales Cup. We both played a decent level of footy. We're not the only ones. I don't consider myself a fan at all. I consider no. myself a, a, a coach. You know what? But we're fans. But I'm not of the a, game. like I, I I support New South Wales. But when we win or when we lose, I don't take my head off and put a pumpkin on. No. Like I can look at I it. I can decipher and criticize yeah, yeah. and objectively criticize a win. Hmm. If we'd won the other night, there still would have been question marks over a lot of things. I think fans, fans, everything's okay when we win and everything's out the door when you lose. It's yeah. just that emotional, I guess, well, irrational. I'll go, I'll go from this perspective. You know there's got to be – it more matters about the construction of the side. But let's say he sticks to the crux of mainly what he had, but the halves are gone. And so let's say Luttrell is healthy, Murray gets cleared to play, and he it, maybe he changes one of the back rails. One of those guys gets pushed back to the bench and he has Kalama Tungi, Frizzell, Hudson Young. Who would your halves be if we had pr- pretty much the same side? If you're going to have to go off that. I-, I think he's going to want a primary kicker. So I think that really leads to either Reynolds or Moses to get the seven. Yeah, and I think you're th- going question- go Moses. Then you and question... I who-, who I think he will go or who would I go? Who would you go? If that side was pretty much the same, but the halves were going to be changed. If you- we were like, going I- up there. I'd even consider someone like Matt Burton. I said this as a six. But yeah, he's definitely not the seven. Like, could you not play Moses and Burton? Could you not play Reynolds and Burton? I just like a big body as well. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just throwing it in there. I think good kicking game. Like he's got a good kicking game. Well, I think we just need to decide what we, what, what way we're going to go and then play to it, rather than again. Everyone mulled to the Penrith sit like this. You know, and then they play, the Penrith boys played, they played left side, didn't they? Yeah. So you could stick Martin on that side and play Burton with Crichton and Toto, and that'd give you an edge that's all played together. That'd be probably why I'd also, he'll also look at keeping Luai because you'll have Martin. Yeah, left hand side. Luai, Crichton. Well, if you play Moses, he plays right. If you play Nico, he plays right. Reynolds plays right, doesn't he? I think so, yeah memory. Man plays left, so they're all right side of players. The one thing that I love about Cody and why I think he works just about everyone, he mainly plays left, but for South, he's everywhere. He plays left, right, short side, centre field. I just think if you get the right seven and pick the right forward pack and go, all right, let's try and bash the shit my out of one, him. Just my one question about Cody Walker... Keeping his head? No. Is defense. going to be whether we get the game, the style of game in Queensland. And that's the question, It I guess. seems like he likes a game with ruck speed and he likes a game with, with pace. And space in Queensland, you're going to get zero ruck speed because it's going to be loud. They're going to bash the fuck out of us. They're going to let him let him stand offside and field position. Mm. <clears throat> and oh. they'll, they'll they'll bash him. They'll antagonise him. They'll the crowd will be into him. It'll be loud. It's just the style of game. I think there's a style of game yeah, which suits agree. Cody Walker. People say he can't play Origin. I disagree. He can't play Origin. But is it? Oh, the, he, he could. So I'd be comfortable. Is I, it the I'd, time? I'd rather have Walker as the fourteen, and then have him on the bench 
if you get that style of game or if you need that style of player. And then if that's the case, then I'd pick Nico in the team or not pick him at all. With Walker, I, I can I can see a way, see an avenue in how he gets into the game. Hmm. Well, I think if we use our middle properly, we can get him into the game. If hmm. we use Haas and Paulo properly, and we had, say, Martin, Kalamatungi, Hudson, and played those other guys in the middle and got our rotation right, I think we showed that we can certainly win the middle and do the right thing to be able to get that style. So part of, me, part of me would go... You know, maybe it's Reynolds and Burton and play Walker at 14. There's no right answer. That's the thing. Mm. I think this weekend... Yeah, this weekend will have a lot to do with it. But Just in terms of who gets through, firstly, who's available. Well, that's the And then question. secondly, who plays well. And who are they playing this weekend? So you're going to have... Cody's going to be playing without Luttrell and Murray against the Dragons. So for them, you know, that that's not too bad a fixture for their side of things. Luai is up against the Roosters to kind of push his case again. You've got Storm and Sharks, which is very interesting because Nico last week had a couple of nice moments with the football, but they were disappointing as a whole. So it's a big game for them um, in the context of their season, just in ter- keeping things moving and for origin. And then Parramatta, they're off the bye. They played the Bulldogs on the, the Queen's birthday Monday. Mm. So if Regan Campbell Gillard hits it out the park and gives you you know, a look in that you could go with him, even though he's punned him twice, which I didn't agree either time, that he could be your third middle. Or Mitchell Moses kicks him to death and shows that he's willing to run also and not just play the professional kicking game and steers him around, especially not knowing what's going on in Dillard Brown's situation. Mm. Um, it's a real opportunity for him to put a stamp on the game. But I find, I, more the reason, like I said, I don't know if there's going to be the best answer average because as much as I, you know, Said it last time. I really do believe. I don't know. I don't think we can win up there. I don't know if we can. Mm. So I just I think whoever whoever gets it is almost getting a poison chalice. And for that reason, sort of a little bit in my head, just because of his club form, and I don't think he got a fair crack last time. I almost hope they don't pick Cody because what comes afterwards, I don't think he deserves. At the same time, though, if they do somehow have the miracle and he goes up there and they play that style of game, I really think he could impact the game. Yeah, I agree. But, you know, for a Moses or for anyone, I just think, you know, whoever gets that jersey afterwards... <laughs> Moses and Burton. They just get absolutely <clears throat> torn to shreds. And it's, yeah, it's a very hard situation to be coming into. For that reason, a little bit, I'm almost like, you know what? I, I thought Reynolds and Walker. Just Reynolds plays up there now. They've played together. You want a primary kicker, do you go that way? But also for that same reason, if he wants a primary kicker, I think that really swings in favour of Moses and Reynolds. And we know he loves Moses. He had him at Lebanon. He gave him that third game last time. Like you said, Gus says something like that. Generally, Gus knows something. So, But the six, um, I, I don't think, regardless of what way he goes, I don't think Lewis is going to be there. Yeah, I, but, I just think Freddie, Freddie would be dumb not to ask Gus his opinion. Because Gus is the most successful New South Wales coach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, I think, yeah, there's a lot lot to unpack. Because like we said, we don't know who the back rowers are going to be. Essentially, we don't know if Latrell is going to be ready to rock and roll. We don't know if Murray's going to be there. Does that change? Does he start Martin? Does he punt both the back rowers? Does he pick Colin and like, And to be fair, Gus could push Burton. Because, you know, he's, he's at his club. And he hasn't. He's pushed Moses. So. Well, he I, gets criticised for being biased a lot. But, yeah. It's interesting, and like I said, I think, you know, like he was pretty open and honest and just said, look, Moses would be my number one pick by mile. There's no right answers, so. <laughs> but he has, like, the thing is with Gus, like, love him or hate him, he has reasons for why he says things. 
you know, he, he, and he was pretty articulate in, you know, you need a kicking game, you need a long kicking game, a short kicking game. Parramatta, you know, are generating a lot of points. Like, there, there were good and valid reasons for why he said Moses. And mm. talking about big games, you know, he's gone through a final series. You've got Parramatta or a grand Made final. Made a grand final. You know, realistically, the last two years, they've been knocked out by Penrith, haven't they? Yeah, but this was the argument I said to you that I saw earlier. Two years when Penrith have won was it. silly by a lot of people. They said, oh, well, you can't pick Nico because in the last two years, they haven't beaten the top four mm. side. And I'm like, well... On the same principle, you say you can't pick Cody and Reynolds because they won one of five prelims. It's just a silly argument. Like, I don't think the I don't think the previous season should come into consideration. Pick the player on how he's playing on form and how you. Th- unless you're trying to win split a hair, unless you're trying to split a hair. Yeah. Otherwise, you ha- you have your reasons. You go with your gut and you exactly pick him and coach him. Away you go. But it's yeah. I think the, the hardest part for us is you look at their changes and they're big blows, but it's a simple fix. Really, they look at one or two guys and go, they go in. A spine still intact. Tino is important. Carrigan's important. They'll play the same. Well, style the other thing, their spine is five deep because you've got Hunt is attached to Grant. So I almost their spine is five players. Mm. But they're, and they've got and they're natural all in cover. form and yeah for their halves they've got natural cover for fullback in Hamiso and Val like they've sort of got because it's been it's now three series in a row where just, in every game they've had Grant and Hunt like it just works. Mm. And then if, like you said, if Walsh wasn't to be available And that, that's reason, why before the first game, I, I, I genuinely believe they've got a better side than us. That's my opinion. I, a more settled side than us. Well, that's as, that's my opinion. I, and I know a lot of people are like, you're off your head, but well, that's the, okay. The I, I actually well. think they're, they're a, a better team. They've got they're more better. players in form. You can argue who's better and who's worse, but the field does the talking. They're more so the field doesn't like. But I think as funny as it is that Matty may have stirred up his brother the other week saying they know how they want to play. They do know how they want to play. Because they're settled in key positions. Oh, right? no, I'm just being in general. They they know exactly what and they want to do. And sometimes their greatest disadvantage or perceived disadvantage in having less players is their biggest from, advantage. Is your biggest advantage because you're, you're settled. They just do what we said the other night. They bunker down, they complete, they get out of yardage. Every time we gave them a penalty, an error, or an opportunity, they capitalised. Yeah. They didn't do anything crazy out of the box. Everyone does their part. But the one thing they never do is, you know, if well, they even if they make errors, they defend their errors, they do all the simple stuff right, they do all the free stuff right, and that generally wins your Origin games. So good Origin chat. A lot of question marks for New South Wales. Well, but this time next week we'll be just chatting about the team. We'll know the team's been picked, and then we can have a go from there. But like I said, the, the thing that bothers me is again we're sitting here; they're all quality names, they're all quality players, but sometimes I think it, it is a disadvantage. It just depends on how you feel as though you're going to be able to win field position. Yeah. Are you going to win it through a kicking game or are you going to win and, it through And it's for that reason I think he will play. go with one of those primary kickers. I don't think he'll go with a pairing. They threw up today, would you go, you could go like Cody and a Nico. I'm like, well, if you're going to go all run and Nico's your primary kicker, I'd be a little bit worried. Because from that way, I think you need yeah. a lot more from your if nine. If you get a style of game where you need the kicker. Yeah. yeah, I think you need a lot more from your nine and that would be definitely leaning in favour of Arpi in my opinion and you'd need Yo to touch the ball more through the middle mm. if you want those guys to be free to just sort of play how they want. Um, and then Tedesco, those two guys generally play with fullbacks who link up. Tedesco's not exactly that guy either. So that's sort why, of disadvantaged in the way you build your spine in that regard too. That's why in the review, like I suggested playing Murray at 13 to start and then Yo through the middle period because, again, at the start of this game in Queensland, and no criticism of Yoey, but he doesn't have great leg speed. He's not a strong middle carry and he's not really going to poke his nose through the line and generate quick play the ball. So... I'd play Murray during that just mental period, the first 20, then throw Yoey out there. Mm. 
And I think, well, firstly, he'll be fresh. I'm not saying he's slow. He's certainly not slow. Yeah, so he plays with great tempo. I don't think Yo's slow. And he links the field up well. But I think Murray's a better ball runner than him. That, that's all I'm saying. Better ball runner. Yeah. In the middle of the field, right? And then I'd put Yoey on. I think it'd be far more effective through that middle period of the game. And it'll make us a more dangerous team. I think it balances out what the conditions and what the style of game that you predict you're going to get up there and then how you best combat it through the plays that you pick and the style you play. Mm. All right, yeah. we'll leave that one behind. That's um, my opinion. I've been under the doona. You've under the doona. He's popped his head out from under the doona mm. and thrown a couple of haymakers and rice he couldn't even hit a bar. Yeah. All right, tackle four. Uh, this one's pretty much a quick one, but it's more... For this season, I thought interesting and just for him. Dylan Brown obviously being charged. We don't know anything about it. Everyone always says, what's going on? Why aren't they doing this? Mm. Until they gather the evidence, until the Cobbs uh, and the NRL have spoken, seen what's in court, seen what's from the police, you just don't know. You'd think the club, like the club would know. Well, the club would have seen something and would have spoken. Like, mm. I, I think it went to court today. I'm not sure. Tomorrow. Well, there you go. I think it's tomorrow. So by tomorrow, they already would have spoke to each other, spoken about what they've seen or what they know how likely it is to go ahead. And I think the other thing is people bring up the no-fault stand-down. The charges don't meet the equivalent in terms of years for the charges, but if it's seen to look that, you know, the evidence is there or the nightclub footage or whatever they've got, the NRL will likely tell Parramatta what they're going to be doing. But I'm pretty sure for now he's been named. But I think this is just big in terms of their season if this is real. Because they just started to look... it's real. Yeah, you know what I mean. But in if, terms if of whether it holds water, holds and, water, he is charged. He is ruled out. Like, but he has been charged, hasn't he? It's it charged like actual executing the charge, found guilty. I guess what I mean. Yeah, but when will that? He's happen? been charged. Well, that's the thing. And if they stand him down, and he doesn't meet the, you know, out what of is what is the what is is ten it? years has to be more than I think the charges they were saying could be a maximum of five. So he's not going to get stood down. Well, they have discretionary power to do so if they want that. So if whatever's presented as evidence or if there's something there that makes it look like he's going to okay. be found guilty, they, I, I they could step realize, in and say no. I didn't realise that it was 10 years. Okay. I think that was the whole point of the no fault. Like, it's any charge pending for over 10 years, but I think they have discretionary power anyway. Okay. So if they look at it and whatever comes out of court and that looks pretty bad, or the club says that or they speak and work together on it and they go, all right. But again, I don't understand how we act prior to the court process. This is just it. But this, this is this, the crazy this part. This is the no-win part we spoke hmm. about before with Lock DeBellin, though, because if they let him play and he's found guilty afterwards, the NRL are the worst people in the world. But on the flip, when they don't, well, you, fuck you, two years yeah, out, you're that, his career. Like, like, that was a different... No, I know, but there's no... Different severity. There's no... That was also win. retried a couple like, of times. Luciano's well. recent case, he misses 12 hmm. games. Don't know the specifics. Charges dropped, everything's gone, but nothing's really come of it. Like, you, your name's put through the media... You stood down, you don't play, and then... Yeah, but that doesn't happen based on nothing. It happens based on some sort of action. So, but for Dylan Brown uh, and for Parramatta, this is big, big for their season. If this turns out to be something, like you said, that's going to hold weight or is real and is leads to him being stood down. Because they were just starting to look like they get a bit of the upswing... Um, I guess we'd say they'll they'll virtually origin. No, what, the point I'm making is it does hold water. It does. It's going to go, go to yes. court. If it didn't hold water, they wouldn't have charged him. Hmm, that's, well, regardless, that's not, not getting involved in that side because we don't know what happened. No, I'm just saying I'm, that if if there was nothing in it, no, I know that they they wouldn't have charged him. Right? Well, I'm just going the football side of things. Yeah, it's but big. no, now you're yeah. saying that if if it's ten years and if that's what it is, if it's ten, that's years, the no then, fault thing where they say. Right. Generally so that's why he hasn't been stood down. 
So well, you won't now. be stood down. They have discretionary powers. Yeah, again, all right, discretions. Yeah, okay. So depending, mm. like I said, evidence and how that? it looks, they could go, all right, that looks fucking bad. He's probably oh, going to okay. get charged. I, I thought they were waiting for for tomorrow to see actually what was presented. The charges are probably going to go through, you know, bang, where fucking this is what you're stood down. Okay. Because then if it follows, that's what I'm saying, if it's five years, it follows the jail sentence, or it looks likely, they're not just going to let him play football. Mm. Like, that's the thing that I've always found weird about the no-fault stand-down policy. It's like, well... The severity of the charge at this level, automatic stand down, and then there's like a discretion thing. Oh, well, I, I like that we've got something there. Yeah. But again, it's always going to be easy to criticise when... And it, that's the thing. Like yeah, it's, one it's is very and open. one isn't. So, so what we live in. But on the football side of things, just thought, like I said, they're on the upswing. Oh, it's got the potential to derail. Could completely derail. They've just signed him to a Well, huge they've just deal. lost Jake Arthur. Jake Arthur out the door and Moses could go on origin camp. So, so that's you know a very quick turn of events for Parramatta. So, wait and see on that one. Tackle five. Ricky's rant the other night. I don't always agree with what Ricky says, but that was great. That was so good. <laughs> uh, the, the banging on the table, the finger pointing, the whole dealio, the use of Muppet. I thought it was. Oh, I, I could I could take all like what I really liked about what he said was when he was talking about leadership. Hmm. Oh, I completely agree. That's, that's that, why I enjoy there's it. There's people that can talk, and there's people that do that actually do it on a day-to-day basis and can have those tough conversations. And, you know, he's been in the game a long time. Well, like we said last week, though, like, honestly, if, you, if you're a Tigers fan or NRS and you're offended, they weren't going to play him. But you look at the context of everything, even just in saying, Thank that. you, Canberra. They almost got rid of him. Thank you. They, they tried to get rid of him for the last 18 months. Thank you for not playing your best goal kicker. You know, thank you. Yeah, but the guys that come in, really, like, to say it was disrespectful, Nick Cottrick. Who said it was disrespectful? Well, that was the, some of the talk around the whole thing, which yeah, is but why... by who? It wasn't oh, by the man, Tigers. You know what I mean? The Tigers, no. No, so who cares? You, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm saying generally, but like for anyone who come out and criticise... Because like, social oh, media isn't real life. Well, it's not even that. Media, yeah. it's ex-players, people saying... But a lot you of know, them are impacted value, by people on social you media. You value every game, like you play... Like, so I get all that, but yeah. this is a guy who was pretty much done the last two years on the outer. They have plenty of good cover there. What they replaced him yeah. was pretty bloody handy as well. So it's, there was no the whole thing for any fans as well to say that we felt like it was disrespectful. I was like, it's not disrespectful. I don't. It's see actually the, the opposite. It's very respectful in the fact that they're saying we want to give you the best possible experience we we can for your three hundredth game. Yeah, it could be the to, most. Like I said, it could be the most. It's the, the most s- memorable and special day of his rugby league career. Yeah, because he might. It's more than likely he's not going to win a premiership, hmm. and they could get. He hasn't played State of Origin. They he could. hasn't played for Australia. He's played 300 games. This will probably be, you know, apart from the grand final, I know they got beat, but aside from that game and some of the finals games he's played in, this will be the most memorable game. It'll be the game that's about him. And it shouldn't have been played on Friday night at Campbelltown. It should it should be played in Canberra. I agree with that. Hmm. And he's also only the second Raider ever. But also, yeah, 100%. Was, 100%. I don't know if he's related special. to Jason. There's a lot of croakers in Goulburn, full stop. Mm. But he's number two in that regard for them, which is pretty big considering the success they've had, the time they've been in the NRL now as well, that this is only their second 300 gamer. Because they've generally been the sort of club that doesn't... I, I said to you on our way to the footy on Sunday night, I, I, I don't know why they didn't flex... Flex those. The NRL doesn't let you do that. I would have so. moved. I would have moved the Raiders game, game to eight o'clock, Gives and I would have moved time. the Manly Dolphins game to six o'clock. The one thing I will I think say that could have been done easily. The one thing I will say from having lived in Canberra, it is very easy to get to the football on a Friday. It's one no, of the. It's I know one of, that. No, no, it's but I'm just saying. O'clock. Six o'clock's shit time. Let's be honest. 
But if there's one place that's not that bad for the public servant workers and the people yeah. in the region, the stadium in comparison to City and coming in, it's not that bad. Like, but you can't tell me that Channel think, 9 wouldn't have gone, oh, so you're telling us we can have Jared Croker's 300th at 8 o'clock? Well, you know, you know how they build the TV. They just looked at it and go, "Manly's a foundation club." No, no, no I know that. But thing. if you were going to talk about flips, no, oh, no. But they're just going off TV ratings. They'd be looking at Fox, well, Fox will be at both games anyway. The Warriors at eight o'clock would be a ten o'clock so game. Only in have to, we're not doing that. That's yeah, why they play them at six. You'd only have to sell it as a. It's obviously great for Fox because they're going to get the ratings because it's not on nine. Mm. But I think for the betterment of the game, it would have been good to have it at eight o'clock anyway. Yeah. I, look, I I completely agree with. Having him play that game at home. I enjoyed Ricky's rant, like I said. I don't agree with him all the time, but I enjoyed it and I agree with it. Yeah, but what, like people people don't like him because he's passionate, right? And he gets on the front foot. And I, I think I think players like that, like I, I want to play for a, a guy like that. Mm. Thoroughly enjoyed it. But when, I, when I was going for the Roosters, when he was the head coach at the Roosters, I, I loved him. He's just get on the front foot and... Mm. Well, like I said, I haven't always agreed. There's been some referee stuff and we're on our own down here and no one cares. There's been a lot of stuff. And again, a lot well, that's, of... That's that circling the wagons mentality. I get that. Like, but there is some of it sometimes where he's just an angry, angry man and a competitor and I get that. But sometimes, like a lot of people, it, it might come through a little bit too much in your press conference and that's why he's up that in the wallet a few times. But the other night, I just thought it was great. Like when old mate's going, ah, oh, you know, those last few tries with Jared and then he's like, you think you would have stopped those three tries, would you know? It's just like, well, like, just shut up. And I, I, after the fact now, there's probably some people definitely listening here be going, well, the NRL's come out and said, that was a push. They shouldn't have got that try. We lost the game because of that. Like That's bullshit. You know, I, I understand the frustration out of that, but in the moment, um, him having the press Because I didn't completely agree with the Simbi. If you want an unpopular opinion. What, after the eight ruck infringements or whatever it was, they got pinned a fair few so times. So you're telling me that the West Tigers did not have one ruck infringement in that game? Well, I, you know I, 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 don't, I have to check the numbers for you, but not, not consecutively on their goal line like that. But we, they didn't have consecutive ones. There was a penalty for an accidental crusher, which was Starling. Then they went offside on their goal line on play four. And then it was Starling again for laying in. But if you go and watch the play the ball before that, Hudson Young like should have got a, um, a Tontini out. He had a sleep on a West Tigers player. And that didn't that didn't blow um, so six again. It says here six penalties, four infringements. The Tigers six four in penalties, four against Canberra in ruck infringements, four inside the ten meter. So they nicked them eight times for. Yeah, but see, four of them are inside ten. I'm just saying so that's, not for for ruck, that's not for ruck infringements. Well, it's repeat infringements for six again. So that eight zip. But how many could you blow inside ten? You reckon? If you were looking across the line, oh, you'd throw it every play. You could, yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying if they. Counts get up what, to eight. My, my issue is, is how, how don't they find one? Well, this is just it. But you're now making my argument when I always talk about the inconsistency, and you have to deal with it. It's no, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not saying it's inconsistent. I just think. Well, it is. Eight nil. You can eight pin nil. All the time. But it's not because Canberra might have been more consistently infringing, yeah, which I'm said. which I'm okay with, right? But don't tell me that West Tigers didn't have one. It's uh, yeah. Anyway, it makes a bit of a mockery of it. Where but I, I, unpopular opinion, I disagree with the Simbin, but that's probably the coach's hat going on. Mm. But you can understand frustration in the day for a fan when they hear that after the fact because it's like, well, 
That could but, change the outcome. And there was we no like there was no warning for the sin bin. But your flip side argument is exactly that. Mm-hmm. Without the sin bin, up to that point, they hadn't scored a point. They'd been dangerous, but Canberra done well to hold on. All mm-hmm. three tries come in the time when the man was yeah. there. So it completely. If you want to talk about ebbs and flows, I'm not defending the fact that that's the wrong decision. But I'm just saying, look at the context of that moment is what led to the but opportunity. All, yeah, to play but against. also, and then you know what, like, and they're going to do better during that period when the players off the field as well to break that momentum. They, you shouldn't be conceding. 19 points. No. Essentially without playing just without touching the ball. Yeah, that's right. So it's not like I'm saying uh, Canberra's completely. uh, Oh, they're not resolved. Yeah, of accountability. To to be honest, all the shit that that happened after the Simbin, they they should have handled better. I thought they deserved to lose the way it ended. I thought they deserved to win. I thought the way they handled West for. Oh, I mean, that period. When that period hit, I was just like, dear Lord. They just went bang, bang, bang. and the way they defended for the first 69 was very, very impressive because the, the Tigers threw some really good shape at them and played good footy. All right. Well, we'll move on from tackle five, but I just really enjoyed Ricky's rant and the passion. But tackle six, and this is just a quick, simple one, and we spoke about it a little bit before. Ennisley's decisions on Monday, the what was right, what was wrong. Are you a fan of it? Yes. Or not? Like, I understand. Yes, I'm a fan of it. What it's there for? Because it's accountability. That's all I, I like remember. it. And I like the fact that they um, show, you know, this is why, this is why not. This it, I, I like it. Everyone wanted it. And then now this is what we do in rugby league. We <laughs> get something and then get, want to fucking chop it down. Well, that's the point I was making. I, I, I'm with you. I think a lot of people want it. Because do, as soon as you don't have it, then you go, oh, it. they need to be accountable. But they need to explain their decisions. Well, that cost us the game. That's what they're doing. This. I don't want to fucking hear that after the fact. I'm like, well... That's yeah. like saying, well, are we game. just off Annesley, are we? Maybe no, we need a new person that, to do it. It's the press conference, but it's like, well, it's the same point of in-game people get frustrated that they overanalyze a try, but if you let it go and just let a referee do what he wanted to, and then you at home with your TV and your remote like they used to do, find six or seven things that they've missed and you complain afterwards, it's, again, there's two ovals there. Which one's the lesser of two ovals? Do you want it to be accountable? Do you yeah, want but it's not, not, it's not a... Cons- yeah. The like, you're never going to win. I keep saying here, the consistency, ar- consistency argument is stupid but I've seen a lot of anger again when you look around and I'm like, man there's some people because I want <laughs> perfect well, perfect doesn't exist so neither does consistent frustrating no doubt um, you just got to hope I guess in the big scheme of things is look if, at look at the Titans defence just not consistent <laughs> but I, I guess the thing at the end it's of the day no, no offence if you're a Tigers fan but you're still sitting at the bottom on three wins if you're a finals contender and you have a moment like that at the end of the year but what are we saying that that I'm not saying that makes game. it right they were down 18 nil. No, there's other moments. What like game was hip Sinbin. drop penalty, Sinbin's and other yeah. games. Like there's multiple things a week that people feel agree with. Well, you by. know what? You know what? If you want if you want perfect, if you want consistent, we'll have the NFL. And we'll just check every play. It like how far do you want him to go back to get something right? I, like how long is a piece of string? Mm. I personally, coaching, I don't think the game's ever been slower in the time. That I've coached. Well, I think now, particularly the whole thing where we'll review tries on the spot afterwards, so we can go straight to the kick. That part now is definitely not quick, because not only are they wasting a minute and a bit, then they're holding up the kick. Then they'll watch it for another two or three minutes. Even even in New South Wales Cup level, they'll someone will have a cramp and they'll stop play and put the ball aside and no, move forward, play the ball. Oh my god, go again. All right, I just wanted to get a quick one out of you on that one. So, well, what are people saying? They want they want to get rid of it. No, I just be like you said, looking at our Twitter and all our bits and pieces. Not even just to us, but when you log in, because we have a football page, you just see all the football content, anything related to football, and it's just okay. particularly this year now with hip drops mm. and 
a lot of things that have crept in that people aren't happy about and sin means about shoulder charges and head highs and just the all round Do I need to log into inconsistency? Have a look? Oh, you're not going to find anything on us. It's just on the oh, feed. Okay. It's my point because we're rugby league. You generally get rugby league content in your feed. But it's been the last few weeks. There's been a lot about that. And I, I don't like it. I'm like, well, it's the old thing that we said again. It's one or two ways. You either go the complete opposite way where people are like, fuck the bunker off. Get rid of the video ref. Just let the referee call it. But when you're at home with your TV... And you're slowing it down. You're looking at it and you go, you got that wrong or you got this wrong or you got that wrong. You're going to then sit there going, well, why the fuck are they not finding these things or getting it right? Now we've gone the complete opposite. And I understand there's still frustration that even with all of it, they don't get everything right. But some things, again, are also interpretation, which is the same. Another argument we've had before, that things should all be black and white. But unfortunately, same as the shoulder charges, the head highs, the hip drops, it isn't always black and white. You can't make anything perfect. But it's just been a lot of anger, that's all. Mm. I'm like, there's a lot of people that feel hard done by, but it's different weeks that affects different teams. So you just, I guess like everything in life in general, getting a bit philosophical here, is that in the end that it all just evens out? You'd hope. But, yeah, there you go. Moving on. That's the end of the set of six. Thank you to Sinclair Hyundai, Toby and the crew there at Penrith, corner of York Road and Batch Street. SinclairHyundai.com.au Visit their Facebook, Instagram or give them a buzz 47600603 If you want to get into give a, him a buzz If you want to get into a Tucson or a Santa Fe Or maybe one of those I fucking I don't think Toby wants a buzz mate No No Maybe I want to get into a Veloster With the You know the two door and that third weird one on the side Where you all get in And the turbos and the roof They're a pretty good looking car Yeah Mm. mm. All right, reviews of the games. Oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Hold on a minute. Hold the phone. I've just almost skipped the power rankings brought to you by the Penrith Salah. power rankings during Origin. Yeah, we did. It was seven games on the weekend. What do you want to count it? Come on, then. We'll give it a crack. Power rankings brought to you by Jake and the crew at Penrith Solar Center. <laughs> Tackle your rising power bills head on this season with the help of Solar Energy. PenrithSolar.com.au or give them a buzz 820 2930. Mm, give them a buzz. Yeah. Mm. Buzz is a real common thing here tonight. Number one, uh, the Brisbane Broncos pushing back in. I think the two wins they've had during this period, undermanned, heading New Zealand five down, scrapping out one the other night with four players backing up. Um, it's put them in a really, really good spot. So I've got them back up at one. Hmm. Hmm. I'm going to stay with Seas 1. Well, I've got Seas at 2. Um, again, got themselves in a really good position. Them and Brisbane both haven't had a buy from anything. And I don't mean that for the points. I just mean for the rest. Yeah. So a really good position mm. to be in. 10 and 9 wins first and second. No buys yet. I get them a few rests over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll go Broncos at 2 and Panthers at 3 because of the Cleary injury. And that's why when Cleary went down. After here, it gets really messy because a lot of teams, obviously. Does it? Lost. Or had mixed form. And I've put the Raiders at four purely oh, off the wins they've been racking up. But then people will be going right now, the fuck can you put them at four after? I think the thing that's really got me is they've been winning close games. I'd like to think they'd close games out. But when you win those games, it puts you in a good position. But I think this is more motivated off what happened this weekend with the losses to Melbourne, the losses to Cronulla. Mm. I'm going Cronulla. I'd like to leave Cronulla there, but they've just well, disappointed I, me. I am. But That's what I'm doing. For that reason, uh, I've moved Cronulla back to five. I was disappointed. Um, errors, inconsistency, a couple of games they've dropped along the way so far that I just don't think they should have. And still a little bit worried that they're going to end up the same as they were last year at the back end. 
and it really bothers me because mm. they look pretty similar. Uh, tackle, oh, sorry, not tackle six. Number six, I got the Warriors. You didn't ask me who I got five, bro. Well, who you got at five, mate? I'm going to put the Warriors at five. All right. Well, I've got them at six. Yeah, I'll put the Storm at six. I've got them at seven. They were deplorable. I'll put the Raiders at seven. And then I've got the Cows sneaking in at eight. I'll keep the Dolphins there. Yeah, I pretty much just went off the injuries and the suspensions mm. that have come. But I'll keep the Dolphins Realistically, there. yeah. I, I don't blame you for that. So there you go. Thank I you. I don't care if you blame me for anything. No one's blaming you for nothing. Get your head out from under the doona. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Penrose Solar Center. If you want to go see the most ridiculous thing with Elon Musk of the Riff and the fact that he's written his business's name in the roof in solar panels, go to the uh, the showroom next to... The Warriors at five. Yeah. 130A Bat Street, Jemison Town in the Riff. Jake and the crew there. And with the Jeez, way... There's a lot of teams in the... Uh, just as a side note, there's a lot of teams in the top eight with a negative differential. 100%. Storm negative, Raiders negative, Dolphins negative. Parramatta sitting in the bottom end on plus 52, and they're technically 12th. Yeah. But they're only one win out. I've just taken the buys off. And they've team. also got buys as well up their sleeve to well, get a rest. just customise the ladder? They used to, to let have, you do it, but you're not allowed to anymore. Just to have wins. You could do that before, but they don't let you do it anymore. Just you just like, used to click over the column of the filter. Not even that one. You just click on wins, and it would let you do it. Yeah, just to... Oh. But now they won't, mate. Look... I've, I've got a gripe here, and I've, I've, I've got some breaking news. I don't like the new app that the NRL released, <laughs> oh, all right? Good. Because like when you're a deviant punter like myself over here, and mm. I generally pick off where the halves are and where I like the teams to attack, but the NRL app on the phone used to have a heat map, and you could look at the targeted spots and where mm. teams score or concede, and what have they done? They've updated the app. They've put it on there. Taken it away from And to my it. fucking demise, I look and it's gone. Unlucky. One of the only good features of the app. <laughs> One of the only good features of the gone. app and they've taken it away from you. Well, they put it under the do now. Look, I don't have no problem with the ladder and the other things in the news, etc., etc. But the heat map was very handy for having a quick insight for a last was minute. Was on 360 tonight? Nah, he wasn't, was he? No, I don't know. I don't think so. Oh, I'd like to watch when hoops is on. Just looking for a one-liner. Yeah. Going to throw one out there. The Is he still doing Triple M on the weekends? I think so. I'll bar all rugby. I haven't been working... Bar all rugby league media, mate. I haven't been working as many weekends. Or, so usually when you're there, you've only got two things, which is you listen to someone rant or you turn the radio Occasionally on. Occasionally my mate Woodsy pops up on me on Facebook or whatever when I log on to social media with his... He's on with Maroon and... Oh, they do a footy show every day now to, called Footy Talk. Do they? Yeah. They release a pod every day. It's a rotating cast, so it's like... Okay. And who hosts it? Maroon. Who's the soccer guy? Adam Peacock. It's like Adam Peacock, I like Adam Maroon, Talis, Dobbo. Like every day is yeah, right. two or okay. three different talking footy. They there just go. go through every bit of news. Or well, I am, I've clearly been under the doona. Wade Graham, Woodsy, like they're all on it. Mm, so, I've, yeah. I've been under the doona, mate. All the players. I'm sorry about that, mate. Jump in with someone and they just talk footy. <laughs> There you go. So the old triple M set up or whatever there. Stiff shit, not with the show. They smother it. Every day, mate, they're on everything. Mm. They're trying to cover 24-7. All right, reviews of the games from the weekend. That Raiders-Tigers game 2019. Uh, Like I said, no consolation for a lot of angry fans today. But, yeah, I think for the Raiders and Ricky Stewart and 
like what he said in the end, they're obviously very happy to be able to get away with that one. Um, Russ Croker come in on the back foot. I thought for the most part of the game, I actually thought the Tigers were pretty good. Definitely, sure, they were. Definitely some growth. Were I, well, I tipped them. I thought they were going to be good, mm. but um, you know, to see the confidence growing in Brooksy, oh, I'll have to give Sheenzy a rap there for what they've done. He played He's as been good playing. as I've seen him play for a long time the other night. Well, it's also the point Running the before. ball. Just fucking back the bloke. Like, they've been all been kicking him and laying him, and no one's ever come out and defended him. He's just been rock solid every week about Brooksy. Brooksy. Brooksy, and clearly a couple of pats on the back and a little bit of love like he got when Cleary was there. And look at the football he's starting to play. Yeah, okay. Bull is certainly helping. And the way he's getting them out of the backfield and linking up and pushing through the middle. The best thing to know when I think a half is confident <laughs> is when they're playing short sides. And Brooksy's very confident jumping down short sides at the moment. Kicking game is good as well. He's got a peach of a left foot at times. Uh, and their forward pack's playing well. Like you said, Bolle, these sort of guys doing a job. Bateman's built his way into the season after a bit of a slow start. Thought he was certainly up for it the other night. Mm. Ripping Hudson's jersey and stealing that try and doing all the weird shit where he's drifting across field like, you know, that weird 45-year-old guy who you think you're going to get an Oz tag and the next minute he's halfway through a gap or setting up a try. Um, the form of tie, like there's just a lot of positives if you're a Tigers fan. I know the result makes you angry, yeah, but there's been a really good period here where you're sitting there going, okay, if we can finish the year playing this style of football, sort out the Brooks situation, like you're obviously not going to pay him what you paid him again, but they need to meet some sort of middle ground, maybe for a one or two year deal, just to say, all right, we want to keep moving this direction together. Yeah. Um, keep growing with Buller, Tala, Bolle, all these sort of guys, and then figure out a few more of the guys from their juniors they're going to push up or who they're going to, you know, buy. There's talk today and the last few weeks we've been hearing it. They're trying to move off a couple of contracts, not huge contracts per se. Nofaluma is probably the biggest one. He's yeah. got multiple years left. That's probably four or 500,000, but. Law, Simkin, they're more ones where I don't think it's not that they don't like the player, but they've got other guys coming through and they clearly feel that they can manoeuvre money to get them in for less, free up some more money there to maybe pick up one or two more players. So, yeah. um, But there's obviously a lot of upside in what you're seeing right now for them. So I think the big question is, can they finish the year continuing to improve? Can they get themselves off the bottom end of the ladder and can they make smart decisions and just keep things as they are now, which is quiet and positive around the Tigers, which it's not very often. Like, it feel, this is a quiet that's been probably in three or four weeks ever around the Tigers. Yeah, it's true. Usually they're just the storyline ongoing. The other thing I don't like, the sound of, was that people were talking, well, media especially, obviously, always leaking things out, like, oh, they're off Sheens and he doesn't write to the players and hand it over to Benji and Robbie right now. No. Nah. No. Nah. Yeah. If anyone thinks that Sheen's doesn't have his fingerprints on all of this or the development stuff, I know those guys are learning, but if you think you can throw Benji and Robbie the keys after you know 12 months, you're fucking kidding yourself. <clears throat> 100%. There's no way that should happen. He needs to do the two years minimum, learn, continue to grow this team, and especially in the phase they're in right now. Now's not the time to hand over control, whether you agree or you don't agree. Absolutely. Like, this is two two years minimum of Sheens before you can even think about handing over to a pair of guys who have never, ever coached NRL, let alone coached any level for a whole season. Not even 10 weeks of flag. Uh, sorry, mats and ball, flag, nothing. That's fucking the dumbest thing I've ever heard. So just let the positivity keep building. Make smart decisions with the recruitment. Chop and change your roster. I think the other thing internally, which caused a bit of a stir the other way, was obviously the fact they brought in Fulton without the knowledge of those other coaches, and they've still got Warren McDonald there. So whatever's going on there, nut that situation out as well. But for the most part right now, the best thing is they haven't been leaking like a sieve like they do. 
yeah. on the consistent. But lots of positives there. Um, for Canberra, defended well. We're on the back foot for the most part of the game. Fogarty obviously scores twice off the post. We know now that the push was a penalty. I thought it was a penalty. I don't know about you. It was a penalty. I was surprised. No it was yeah. you know, no sort of brushed by. On the flip side, like we just said, though, the ebbs and flows of it to lean on that. The sin bin obviously leads to the opportunity for the 18 points. The Raiders prior to that actually did a really, really good job, I thought. And we're under the pump at a lot of times and on the back foot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know it's tough to take if you're a Tigers fan, but I just think there's so many more positives not to hold on to that one moment, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. I'd just be happy the way things are going. If you can, like I said, you're stoked. That's how many games now? By four, six, two. Field goals, couple of close losses, by the pen of blowout. Like they're just riding this stuff every week. Yeah. But when you're on the positive side of it, and they have been in two other seasons, they've gone deep into the finals. I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but that seems to be the track record for Canberra. They've had years where they've lost every game close or blowing leads, or they have years where they seem to steal it, like 2016, or that one was it when Melbourne played? It was 2016, wasn't it? When they lost in the prelim, Edric Lee dropped that ball. Yep. <clears throat> like that year was a similar deal. They had some ridiculous record of winning games by four points or less. So um, when you're winning close, you know, shows good resilience in your team. I think they've shown they've got good depth, or that in particular on their outside back positions. They've rolled through some different forwards as well and covered well. Um, Fogarty's obviously building in confidence. Jack looks like the weight's lifted off him. The hooker thing's still going to be sorted out. Um, and fullback, it looks like they're going to go with Chris for the rest of the year, you'd think, the way they're going at the moment. Yeah, they obviously rotated that that, that rapper player there, but yeah, I don't know. I, they are sort of what I thought they'd be. If they win and keep going the way they are, not really origin affected. I, I thought they should be a top eight side. I'm, I don't think they're a team I look at and think they can challenge for a premiership without being too harsh. But they're certainly a team on their best day. I could see pushing their way into a prelim or being being a bit of a worry. But yeah, I, I don't know if I look at Canberra still yet and go, yeah, I see a grand final team there because I don't. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think it's just sort of a wait and see. Mm. <clears throat> At the moment, they're doing enough to win games, right? Like, mm. The question is whether they're going to be able to improve enough to put themselves into that frame of a team that you're speaking of. Yeah. And again, I think mm. it mainly comes from spine positions because you want to talk about forward pack and rotation. Like to have Papali, Tarpany, Hudson Young... Whitehead obviously does his job, even though he's a bit older, he's not relied on as much now. But then to have Big Red in that, Gula, they're sort of middle and edges. they got a really good setup. Hopwadi's proven to be valuable. Kotrick's just only come back in the mix. Chris one, Croker playing the footy is. So they've proven one to five and eight to 13, they can cover. And they've got good quality depth. Yeah. The real question is out of Jack, Fogarty, <coughs> the rotation of the three hookers they've got. And if Chris is your fullback, can you win a comp? And that's where I probably look at one and nine and go, I don't see enough there for them to be. Probably one of the top four sides. I could see him making it to the final four with the style of football like they played against Melbourne last year or the way they like to play, but I just don't look at them and think, yeah, that's a team we're going to see probably at that point in the season. I think they're a finals team, though. Um, and then the critical move, I guess, off the back of this now is, like we said before, where they head next year. Yeah. Jack's not going to be there. So, uh, yeah, but Tigers fans, look at the positives. There's, there's a lot of good going on there right now. Let's hope they make a good decision and sort things out with Brooks and what they're doing there and um, a few of these moves lead to some kids going in. Uh, next one there, Warriors, Dolphins, 30-8. to eight. This was a real slow burn. Like The Dolphins just are so resilient. I thought for the first half there, there was 
plenty of chances again with the Warriors on the front foot, the way they're attacking. That secondary shape that we spoke about, like you're talking about, the way they play with their options off Tohu and Johnson and Metcalf, and it just seems to be so much going on. But Redcliffe would not buckle. They just would not buckle. And when they jagged that one late from the touch to Tessie New in the corner to go on half at 6-5, I'm like, this is another one of those games I'm looking at going, they'll probably end up fucking stealing this. Um, but they come out the Warriors, they stuck to their guns, they've showed more what we spoke about this year, the things we're not used to seeing, that resilience, that bit of patience, and then the big moment comes when Milford comes in with that late shoulder charge and gets put in the bin. Even through that period, they weren't yielding. They held on for the majority of it, but at the back end of it, they finally got popped. Johnson again for the second time that night, just off the footwork there. I think it was Essie and Nichols, he turned inside out. They find another try off the back of it. Just a nice shift play again off their shape. Murata gives back inside. Or oh, it might have been Bailey. I think he got the initial pass. Metcalf. And from there on out, I think that sort of just broke the Dolphins a little bit. Had a couple of guys binned. Or penalised, sorry. They had a man in the bin. They did a lot of defence. They were very, very resilient. But once it was out, basically at 18-4 in a three-score game, they got him again on the right-hand side. Dallin, who's been playing fantastic football. And then the intercept he took when it looked like they were going to be outnumbered off Katala, well, that was a pretty good reaction. Snatched that one out of there. So it ends up finishing 30-8, to eight, but um, real positive for them at home. Good resilience, like I said, to stick to their guns. When I thought the Dolphins were sort of lingering, it was looking like one of those games again where they just might scrap it out or find a moment or two off the way they defended. But Yeah, it's an important game for the Warriors because the Dolphins are right around them on the ladder. Mm. They'd lost a couple. They looked like they were sliding a little bit, but... No, they steadied, they played mature footy, and they know who they are, the Warriors. So do the Dolphins. The Dolphins play... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good style of footy. It was a good game. Uh, <laughs> and then I guess, again, the result of this is what I was speaking about before. Wallace now gets three weeks. Mm. Milford's cop three weeks. Gilbert's just been ruled out for the season. Felice can't play this week again. Like That, that sort of stuff, and then the potential for him and Hammer and that to go into origin, it hurts. Yeah. And this is the question mark we had. They've well exceeded where we thought they would have been. We had them for the spoon, for Christ's sake. But in terms of finals... Something like Gilbert is enough to get me a bit worried. I think they'll be in and around. Yeah, they'll it'll be in the bottom. They'll be near the bottom. Depend on what teams like the Cowboys and Para. Yeah, and that's my, that's probably more Manly. All those teams that are, you know, in and around I, where they are now. I'd be more worried about Roosters, Cowboys, and Eels than probably Manly, yeah, Titans, Roosters, et cetera, Titans. Well, that, yeah, but they've all shown glimpses of top eight footy, mm. and I think probably, a lot of it will depend on yeah, draw who you get at what time, impact of Origin. Yeah. And they get man this week. So it's a team, again, that's, yeah, that's two right. wins it's, behind them. You know, I said it a couple of weeks wow. ago. That's just There's a lot of four-point games, you know, coming up through this little period where you're going to play teams around you. And you also got to double down on the fact that it's origin impacted as well. So, yeah, every point's going to be important. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but I thought, yeah, Johnson, I, the, he said the other week that if this was his last year, he'd be happy. And that's great. But he's playing way too good to stop playing. 100%. So if he just wants to go year to year with them, or they do it that way, that's great. I hope it's not going to turn into a negotiation thing where it's multiple years money. This, that, that. Like, this point in their career and with what happened last, the first time of the divorce, they just need to sit down, nut this out and go, you need to stay here. Yeah. Do 12 more months. Let's just go year from year from now. And if you're playing good, we're playing good, and everyone's happy, let's just stick together. If you get over it or you're done or you want to go home or like whatever, but he's playing way too good to not play again. Yeah. Um, the former Fanua Blake, Chance. Doubt like all the guys they've brought back, and a few guys that probably weren't playing their best in previous under previous setups. They're all playing good right now, mm. and then along the way, we're seeing the introduction of some of these good kids, and there'll be another one this week. And Ali Lauatea, 
Um, but yeah, I still really am enjoying watching the Warriors play this year. And the positive again, Barnett back in, Egan after a couple of head knocks. It was Metcalf's second game. So if they get a couple of these guys back, get Jazz back, get Dylan back, they'll be in an even better position. But for Redcliffe, I guess my worries are going the other way. Azarko's been incredible this year. If you picked a New Zealand team today, he's back in the form with seeing him play for New Zealand. Yeah, he has been. Like, and it's not even just the goal kicking and the scoring. His yardage work and how confident he is in his best part of his game, which is his running. Um, even Nick Arima. Wayne, Wayne's got a certain thing with it. Wayne, the guys that are Wayne guys, and when they get back to him after they've been elsewhere, just seem to play their best football. Cody at 1, 6, 9, whatever they've used him as. He, I thought he was good again too. But it's just amazing that relationship he has with certain players. Yeah. Uh, South Titans, 46, 28. I don't even know what to say anymore. The second half things just become an, an almost an anomaly. Well, they just they can't defend, can't tackle. Obviously not over an 80-minute period, but the to lead 12-zip early, to get into halftime in the lead again, and then the second half was just an absolute... They got blown off the park. But the two teams, or even the laugh the other way, like I said, you to hear Tino literally talk to Darcy McDonald at halftime against the Bulldogs and go, we need to be better in the second half. We're not going to... Can't let this happen. We've got to come out and raise our intensity. At the moment, what's going on in the second half? It's just, I just can't explain it. Yeah, me either. But... Yeah, I can't from, explain it either, my friend. But yeah, said it was going to be vitally important this year. Defense, their ability to do it consistently, and they yeah, offensively they could be top four, but defensively they're bottom four. Well, I think there was a stat the other day, and again, I'm not big on all stats, but this one was pretty funny. In first halves, going at halftime, I think they'd be second on the ladder. Yeah, go. In second halves, they'd be the wooden spooners. Defensively. There you go, friend. So, if they can find a way, like we said, to ever marry up their second half to their first half, or at least even play 65, 70 minutes with the amount of points they could score, yeah, they'd be a top eight side, borderline top four side. Hmm. But until those two sides of the game can sort of meet, it's hard to see. Yeah. Um, and then, I guess, the other side, without getting too much into it, Holbrook's under pressure. There's a lot of talk around Holbrook again. I guess, for me there, it's like, well, you've changed your assistance. You've had other coaches... Previously, you got a pretty good team now, a pretty happy setup. They, the Frizzells and the ownership group up there seem like a pretty loyal bunch. Is it the right decision if they went that way? And if you do get rid of him, who are you getting? Yeah. Um, if, I don't know as much about that setup. I have really anyone there to talk to or lean on or anything like we do with some other clubs where you hear a bit more. But I don't know. It doesn't seem to me like they're off Holbrook. I just think there's a bit of a been a consistent problem there for a long period of time defensively as a club. Yeah, and that's I said that at the start of the year. Um, and yeah, I think it's a, they brought in a hard ass and a guy they thought, mm. particularly defensively, um, in Brett White from Canberra, who did some really good things there to fix that side of things. And even obviously, he hasn't had the impact he'd probably want to have. And that's not to say he's not doing his job, but at some point, it's like, well, is it the is it the style of player we buy? Is it like do we need a bit more balance? I guess in across the roster, do we have too many people that are just one way players or any care about one side of the ball? I don't know what what the change needs to be. Yeah. But I don't think at this point in time it's just purely coaching. At some point, players have accountability to how they defend and their attitude across 80 minutes. You'd think so, wouldn't you? Um, and again, you can keep changing the bloke who's wearing the shirt and holding the clipboard. But I, I think it's up to them as a whole to decide that's something they want to turn around. Definitely. And if they did, like I said, we're looking at it right now, the games they've dropped, they should be in the out. Like they've blown a couple of absolute Easily, shoo-ins. Yeah. Easily. They're on five, but yeah, there's at least three or four you can give back. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, I, does it change? That's that's the hard part. I don't know. And some would speak to this and go, oh, forum was I'm like, well, I don't care if forum was the other. That doesn't fix the way they defend. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. Um, but with so many positives, yeah, that, that, that one side of things, we could just literally keep saying every single week until their defense is fixed. You don't know what to think. But the way forward with the coaching situation, that one I'd find interesting if he's sacked, who they'd look at or what they'd do there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I think obviously he's kept players, he signed players. Like I think they've, in terms of roster wise, I think they've been pretty positive. Mm. So from that perspective, I, I think he buys himself a little bit because if guys are off him like Tino, who's got options in his deals, or your Brimsons, etc., and I know other people say, well, it's money as well. Yeah, sure, but those guys have options. They're not lacking money or options. But a lot of They've done pretty well recruiting-wise. I think the other big decision to be made is what we've spoken about before is just spine. Got two ones now. You've got multiple good young halves. They brought four and up there. Nine's probably the big one that's been standing out. Verrells is a good player. Again, hasn't been able to stay healthy. But the real big decision, I guess, with four and for the two years, Weaver, Sexton, Boyd, like they just need to figure out who's going to be the halves. Um, yeah. Siasto, incredible. Uh Probably disappointing if you're Demetrio after being really resilient defensively during the year to see the defense the last few weeks and the way they've leaked. But I think on the flip side, the one thing we know about South, they can score with the best of them. So they're not just the team they used to be where it's points only, that style of game where we're not involved. They've shown this year that they're now the Swiss Army off. They can play on the left. They can play on the right. They can play through the middle. They can play an attacking game. They can play a defensive game. They can play a cycle, grind, wet weather game. They've, they've won all multitude of ways this year. Yeah. And considering they went into this, Murray gets injured after 30 minutes. Arrow only lost 20. Kalama Tungi only second game back. Um, Cody just had a field day. Everything he touched turned to go. The quick hands on the left-hand side for, I think, Johnson's second try when shot was jamming him. Like, to throw that pass, let alone the weight, like the length of that pass from a tap on or a quick hands was just incredible. Um, Cook jumping out and he follows through that one there. They're probably your moments where you look at it and go, that's not first grade standard when we talk about D. Like he, he bet there's four or five guys there that should have stopped Cody. Yeah. And he still gets there. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the other real positive is a New South Wales fan, whether they go there or not, was seeing Kalama Tungi. Like first game back, you sort of work through, you know, and just get your minutes up. But the other night, quality line running, seeing the footwork, he's got a short pass. They even rolled him in the middle at one point and he laid one on. Like he, he, had, a, he had an absolute cracker. Mm. And Blake Taff, we spoke about this off air. I thought we spoke about it on air, but we didn't. We're only saying maybe three or four weeks ago, and then somebody put it in the group, I think it might be Sean Johnston or somebody, about Taff, we were talking about guys that are available that clubs aren't talking about. If teams like Canberra, Ty, like all sorts, aren't looking at someone like Taff, whether it's as a fullback or a seven, which he played predominantly coming through, you're kidding yourself. They all, they all are looking at him. Yeah, and they should be. They're not stupid. Because um, at the end of the day, bringing Jack in, salary cap raising, and a play, that, that's the sort of guy they can't afford to keep. Mm. Not because of, unless he wants to stay badly, but... He's not on a huge wicket right now. They're very, very top-heavy. He's not sort of the guy that comes in with the spine and the plays you've got signed up right now that you can afford to put three, dollars $400,000 into. He's probably only on about two fifty, three hundred down, but he's certainly worth that, if not more. Yeah. And we'll get that elsewhere. But when you've got Jack, Cody, Ilias, Cook, Mamazoulos, Latrell, etc., like the, the positions are pretty well chewed up. Yeah. Kalamatungi's going to need money. Arrow's off. Tom's off. There's a lot, lot coming up for them. So I think he, naturally, at the end of this year, is definitely going to end up somewhere else. So there should be plenty of clubs keeping their eyes on that situation. Uh, but moving on from that one. Uh, Broncos, 20-12 to 12 over the Sharkies. Uh, I think I'm more impressed by this just because of the two wins 
during the period off the back of that little bit of a run. Like to go to New Zealand last week, they were still missing a couple, but big circumstance for them. And to win that and then to jump into this week at the Priz and back it up with your, your origin players and a couple of other guys that stepped up and, and did a job to get it over the line. Uh, they're, they're big wins in the context of your season and locking in top eight, let alone pushing your top four case. Yeah. So there'd be 10 wins already during the origin period. Pretty good run coming up. I think they've got like Titans, Knights, Dogs and a couple of buyers. They're going to get a bit of rest. They're going to get to navigate the period a little bit better and they don't have the hardest draw. So they're in a real positive position. 100%. I think the best thing I take away from this was this gritty, very mature and yeah, gritty. It was yeah. a gritty win. It wasn't a, a pretty win, but the, it's the moments like Ricky on the runaway from the trap and scrap, the ankle tap on Nakora when he was about to offload and it turns into a shit pass. Walsh and Arthur's getting Mulatalo on that sideline there where Arthur's pulls his arm back where it looked like a certainty, and Walsh comes and finishes it off, and you just take your opportunities. Like Mam risks it all, throws a laser across the wet deck there inside their ten. And then follows it through with Corey Oates. Uh, any moment they, they sort of got, like they just took Stags, sets the time with his first carry and then backs up at the other end of the field when he crashes over the dummy half. Like, it wasn't pretty. Mm. But any chance they got or any moment they sort of got, they iced it. But Cronulla, for me, rolled well enough, had enough opportunities, possession, territory. Nico, I think, had about three or four line break assist and laid one off the scrum in a very nice play there with that three on three and drew the center and got the half to come across and basically turn it into a two-on-one. But they just, yeah, they, it was the same old, same old for me with them. Roll up field very easily, 1,000-plus meters from the OBs, plenty of opportunities, but they were scrappy. They looked really messy with their spawn. Yeah, they, yeah, they did. Like composure, like execution. Yeah, lots of errors. They showed flushes, but nothing really consistent. Disappointing at home, particularly against a team that's around you on the ladder, mm. on the back of origin. Yeah, and like I said. And wanting to push your case if you're Nico. 53% of the possession, mm. 15 errors, a couple of shit penalties. Like, Yeah, I think they had more than enough opportunity territory possession. But they certainly 100%. weren't clinical when they had their opportunities. And then on the flip, like I said about Brisbane, not only did they jag one of that 90 metre sort of zone, they jagged the one <laughs> from dummy half. But late in the game when they get that opportunity to ice it, Walsh again creates numbers off a simple shift play and a quick play of the ball and Herbie goes over. So anytime they sort of got themselves into that spot, they got the job done. They did. Whereas it felt like Cronulla, a lot of the time we're watching them roll up field or get themselves in a good field position, but just unable to construct it in the other sets, whether it was repeats, pressure, yeah. or sort of opportunities. And I think it really got summed up by that one really, really clinical moment at the end. Will Kennedy off broken play puts a grabber through two blokes and scores himself. Like, yeah. They pretty much summed their night up in terms of the way they attacked. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So for them... Frustrating, and it also leaves in this weird spot, like we said, that the game they blew against the Warriors and a couple of the other results they've had, like the Dolphins blowout, and now this one, leaves them mid-table despite a lack of origin impact. But coming into a team like Melbourne this week, who's desperate, who's had injuries and origin impact. So it's, it's a tough one. Yep. It's a real tough one. Man. Man. Tough for both sides, like we said. These, these games have been more and more important. The last few years, we haven't been used to seeing this. We're usually sitting there going, oh, it's a top four clash of these teams that are three or four clear. The way this logjam is working right now, someone's going to be in a real tough spot after this week when they lose that game. Um, and a lot of pressure being heaped on. So They'll almost be a 50-50 record, won't they? That's right. We'll see how they respond heading down to Amy Park this weekend. But yeah, for them, I guess the real positives, uh, <clears throat> I think on their day, they can, they can go with anybody, but it's just how consistent they are. And that final style of football that we talked about last year, 
the way they played didn't transition that well in the finals. Well, so no, it didn't. They need yeah. to find a little bit more grit, a little bit more patience with their attack, a little bit more variety with their kicking game uh, in terms of how they get into that when they get into an ugly game and just be patient because, like I said, five, a thousand plus metres from their back five, they're going to get a couple more guys back in their forward pack. They've got good edges. They can certainly attack. But, yeah, there's just a few things that need to be tweaked for them. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at Brisbane. Oates, excellent return. Stags, like I said, Riki, all those sort of other guys helping out or stepping up with the Origin guys backing up who are also very, very good. Yeah. Big positives for them. Roosters, Dogs. This was a weird game. Like, I felt the Roosters come out pretty good. They're on top of her, and then next minute, they're down 12-0. Pungo Jr. scores off a deflection. Then they burn them on a short side play and Fox sets Reed up. They're down 12-zip. Then they flip it back on. Kiri, just a simple run at Olapu, as you would do. Test out the young bloke, gave his inside shoulder. Teddy gets to score off that. Then they burn them similarly on a short side. Allen kicks back inside for Teddy. and It's 12-all, but it was a back and forth and a yo-yo all day that it felt for me... Same thing I've sort of said before for the Roosters. I felt like they were in control, but I was never confident. And then just conceding two long-range tries, the other one's off deflection and a kick. Like, it's it's more the defense. Like It's been everything for them. Like It's never been tidy this year on defense. Haven't trusted on that side of the ball. Hasn't been consistent on attack. They come in and out of games. They give you little periods and glimpses. The only real game I've watched this year, I've sat there and gone, they were, they were really good, was the game against Parramatta. And then I know we I wrapped their defense against the Warriors, but that was in a fucking monsoon. But at yeah, least that day it was just yeah. real gritty. They they won that way, but I still came away from this one not completely sure of their best style of football. And again, I know there's another change in the spine. Port Turban did a pretty good job for the minutes he had. I thought he did too. Um, yeah. yeah, certainly doesn't shirk his task in D, which is one thing simplified the way they played because I, I guess you're not waiting for him to jump out and attack and run like you are with Cheese. I think Kiri going Yeah, well, back, that's right. You know what you're going to get from him. Exactly. I think Kiri being the dominant seven certainly works when they're going forward, which they did a pretty good job. Jared was really, really good in that regard. Um, set up that try, simplified his running game, kicked the field goal to win the game. He obviously played one of his better games. And then a lot of it was around Teddy and his form and proving people, you know, wrong with that sort of performance. It was a good performance. It was. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's going to come down to what he does in Origin. And to me, he's going to get the whole series, whether people like it or not. Yeah. So I don't think it really fucking matters what really happens. But for his own self, I'm sure it would have felt good to play a good game of football, score a couple of tries, and particularly not the ones where he backed up, but the moment in the second half, which was a big moment, out of dummy half, splits the markers. I think it was Harrison Edwards. He got to go in and out uh, and tip on to Junior Puaga, who's been playing some really good footy in Cup. Only seventh game, gets the runaway and score. Um, but I, I think, if anything, I'll be more pleased with the finish. When they needed to close it out, they did. They found a try. They sat up for the field goal. They got it done first go, and then they defended their way out. So, from yeah. that, um, good to see Sandon Smith get a debut. And he, he had a real underrated moment. wasn't really spoken about live. That short side try with Teddy and all that, he sort of directed Teddy to jump on that short side from the play the ball. That wasn't initiated by uh, the one. That was the kid. Kid jumped in there and looked like they were going to go open. He was sort of like, no, nah, we go here now. And they bang, bang, bang. And Suwali gets to go over in the corner. So not his general position. He'd been playing fullback at seven for the most part, coming through and mostly Yeah, well, he's played actually a lot of fullback this year yeah. in the South Wales Cup. Um, but yeah, to jump in at nine for that period and have a big impact on the game, really. 
Yeah, and the other thing is playing yeah. for nine, you want good service. The pass that he threw to Kiri was bang on for a pressure moment for a kid on debut for the field goal. So on the flip, also big credit, Khaled Rajid. Played some really good football. Um, wasn't in the junior rep set up the other year, probably where he should have been, but they eventually got him on board. And then in the off-season, bit of the blow there where he didn't get the contract, but now he's played first grade. Yeah. So hopefully from there, he, he's proved them wrong, I guess, a little bit along the way. And a few times there, not saying they, they weren't keen on him. They were obviously keen on him keeping around, but they didn't give him a, I, I would have given him a top 30 spot. But he gets mm. his debut and well-deserved. Yeah, one of Mounty's finest. He's a good player, Khaled. So uh, so the first, remember the night he came down to Ron Massey training? Mm. Introduced himself as DJ. DJ Khaled. DJ Khaled. Then, then arrived late on field. You can imagine how that endeared him to me. Obviously. And then he just ran him up. He ran him up. Man and a week match. later, they took him in. Man of the match, and Canterbury said, you will not be seeing him again. We'll take him. So well, you should have been playing him to start with. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that was my point exactly. So, good on him. Congratulations to him. But uh, I guess for the Bulldogs, you got what you always get. They scrapped, they competed. Burton, I uh, think, slowly getting better as a seven. Had a couple of good moments. He went down that short side. Two off the boot that led to tries. Um, so he's sort of growing in confidence there, but I think we all know for them. Rolling through kids like uh, Khaled, and, and, uh, Khaled Rajab and Oluwapu getting some football now. They're, they're building towards next year again. Kick it out long term. They've had it's bad injury there. luck. They're still at the bottom end. I don't think finals <laughs> on the radar. I think for them it's more making decisions and developing those sort of guys. Uh, and then we know, obviously, taught like last week, someone like Alamotti and Avarillo, like they've got to manage the salary cap. So... I think, yeah, I, I sorry for Bulldogs fans because it's still only really just past the halfway point, but I, I just don't see him playing finals football. Me either. So, uh, Pungai wasn't bad either. I don't think the Bulldogs see themselves playing finals nah. football. But there's, like I said, there's a lot of positives. Preston's been a real positive. Huge, huge um, positives. Get him from, a you know, Roosters as a training trailer. Now he's signed for a couple of years. More games into these sort of blokes. Uh, you know, Fox had some good moments. He also got picked once or twice in the defensive side of things, but... Yeah, you look at what they've got there, the injuries they've got, and who they're going to get next year. I, I think it's basically what we spoke about a few weeks ago. I'd keep playing Olapu. If there's other ways to get Rajab in, if you think Olapu's looking a bit worn down, give him a run at six if that's what you think his best spot is. If not, if Perham's not part of your long-term plan and you like Rajab more as a one, give him some games at the back end as a one. I, I don't know. Yeah, But that's the way I'd be landing if I was the Bulldogs right now. And same as that cup squad. It's a good cup squad. If guys like Josh Papaliti or Gerald Skelton, anyone you like or you're not quite sure of right now, get him in. Yeah. Give him games just like they've given to Blake Wilson the last few weeks. Yep. Can't hurt. Um, but yeah, this one, tough loss to take because, again, like they've been most games this year, they've been right up to their teeth. They've had a few rough weeks the last few weeks, but they did exactly what you get every week from the Bulldogs. They just scrap and fight and they don't go away. 100%. And you earn your victories. But for the Roosters, that's a real. Real big one to grab at this point in the season. They're still outside. It's been a rough, rough year. They've got a couple of injuries. There's been a lot of noise around them, more than what you generally expect. And the origin period certainly still going to impact them. But yeah, to go in and get the job done in that sort of fashion, I think at this point in time, you just take anything, how it comes. I would agree with that assessment. Thank you very much. Now we move on to a very harsh assessment. And I'm sure Bellamy's yelling was even harsher at the end. The Cowboys, 45 to 20 over the mm. storm. This is the most points Melbourne have conceded in 20 years. Welcome to Titansville. And not Melbourne winning fans. margin, just points conceded. Mm. 
It's been, I think the last time they conceded this many points mm. was 03. Yeah, I think it's something like that. 45 points. There you go. Their big 50-point yeah, losses or their biggest ever losses on margins and total points was early doors. But, yeah, I think it was 03 was the last time we conceded as mm. much as 45. Not good, mate. Uh, I think the more disappointing part of this, and I'd sort of seen it across the weekend, anyone that sort of lost or played for New South Wales looked a lot more desperate and energetic. Yeah. Uh, I think Munster, Gray, and a couple of <clears throat> looked a little bit lackadaisical, but I, I think the biggest disappointment overall was just the D intent. I thought defensively across the park, that was shit. They were poor in their first up contact. They were poor in the middle. Felt like there was constantly missed tackles or arm grabs and broken rucks. They got pipped on the edges, in particular the right edge with... Hughes, Hughes come up with an absolute couple of Barry Crockers, which just sold his edge out. Um, but th- that side of things. And then my other worry, there's days every so often with Nelson, who I absolutely love, where you just know he's off. He started off the bench. He'd come on. One of his first tackles was like a bit of an arm grab. Then he was like down on his knees, yanking on somebody's legs. He dropped his first carry. It was one of those ones where I was like, Craig needs to bring him straight back off like he did the day, man, you were there for Titans, Melbourne. And he went to walk back to the bench and they were like, hmm. give him the walkie-talkie. And you could see him like almost death staring Craig and pointing him up there like he wanted to fight him. And Bellamy was going off in there. It looked like one of the Muppets from Sesame Street yeah, mate, the way he was moving around. Yeah. But it was just a bad day. It really was. Probably the sadder part, I think, for as piss poor as I thought they played, they were down 14 zip, then it was 14 all at half time. Because the Cowboys' right edge defensively is horrendous. Um, then they come out and got into a scrap again. And when it looked like they were down... Ali Katoa, I thought he definitely knocked the ball back. The referee said he knocked it on. I don't know what the fuck he was watching, but Harry Grant knocked it on anyway, trying to ground it. But from there on, and those got torched. Yeah. Um, the real positive here, I think, for the Cowboys, and I haven't quit on them all season for this reason. They've had ins and outs the whole way, but Neem's now been back for two weeks. Lukey's been back for a month playing some good football. Leilua's back in. Tuolagi's been injured. He's come back from origin off that opportunity with a, a swag of confidence, as has Val. Val was huge. And Nenai's back from suspension. So within the last three or four weeks, they've got back five or six good players. They've still got Tamalolo to come back on board. And the confidence that was lacking in a few guys, bar probably a drink water, everything seems to be on the rise. It does. So it's just, it's just a hard one to your question is get here, a read on, aren't they? Because they're up and down like a yo-yo. My one question is, do they need the buy right now? Because that's what they've got this week. If I was them, I'd want to play this week. Yeah. Heading into Origin. Because now you've got the buy. You've got probably three going back in Origin again, maybe even Dearden, if they pick him in the extended squad again. If they look at Nanai, there's five. Three of them are probably going to play. And it just throws that question mark out there again. The only real upside is they get through it healthy and all good and Tamalo is back after it. Well, then you've essentially gained six or seven players in the last three weeks and sort of put things back on the track. But it's what you can do from there. They need to win a couple in a row. But in particular, I think three fixtures that were coming up that people were talking about, I think they have Brisbane, Storm, South. Like, guys are in the top eight. People that are well secured. And it's sort of those with the results they've had so far, they need to probably grab two of. They've grabbed one. Mm. So putting themselves in that log jam again. They're only one out. They've had no buys. They've had no rest. They've had some bad injuries. There's a real world here where if everyone gets back on the field and they play to their potential, like we said, this is I just won't quit on them. Yeah. And there's a good reason. I think even Peyton was saying the other week, there's something here and we definitely haven't given up on it. We know it's there, but it's a matter of or not of whether we can get back to what we do best. And I thought the other day they certainly played with that sort of confidence we saw last year. 
the defensive effort was certainly better. Their right edge needs to be fixed, though. That's horrendous. Just consistency, yeah. Um, the Xavier coach try where they shifted mm-hmm. over and there was like three bodies there and just no one touched him. That's the real big concern. Tighten up the right edge. So I think the middle and other, all the other areas were pretty good. Those guys come back from origin with confidence. Nenai running that neat line. Scotty Drinkwater, a multitude of different ball-playing opportunities. Short, drifting sideways, playing long. Had a hand in almost everything. Val, sky high with confidence, running wild. Cotter, these sort of guys scrapping and doing what they do best. More minutes, again, Neem, Lukey, Leilua, add Tamalolo back in the mix, and hopefully this just takes off for them because they're, they're too good not to be playing finals football. Definitely. So I hope this is a, a turning sort of point moment for them after the Tigers lost, but for Melbourne... Oh, yeah. I don't really know. There's been some good games, but there's been a few ugly ones this year, just an inconsistency. And I still think there's a ceiling there, like I said the other week, or a real good potential with how much new is there. And also still the question mark whether Pappenhausen ever gets back in or plays to the best of his ability. But if this is the sort of up and down you're going to get week to week, they're going to be bottom of the eight and they're not going to really challenge. No, yeah, exactly. Mm. So, and again, we know what it's going to come off. Hughes, Munster, and Grant. And to be fair, I think my biggest issue so far is I don't think all, all three of them have played good on the same week yet. Seemed to be a game where Harry's really good, and I thought Hughes had a quiet start of the season. Munster's had a game here or there. I can't really think of a performance so far where it's been Harry's dominating from the middle of the field, running wild. Munster's doing what he wants on the left. Hughes is kicking, controlling, and running in like his right side of the field. It's been really disjointed performance-wise between the spine so far. So, Agree. Uh, I think the two biggest positives the other night have been the same sort of guys every week that you know you can rely on. Nick Manning's been great as the one. And I think the old Brick, who's just extended on the wing for three more years, just doing his job, carries well, developed nicely. Um, other than that, uh, it was pretty disappointing all around. Lots of missed tackles. Absolutely blown off the park. And they got a lesson in rugby league. They got schooled. Mm. And the last one, Panthers-Dragons. This was ugly. Very ugly. Um, and come at a cost with Cleary obviously being gone now for four to six weeks. But I guess for Penrith, these, these are the ones you, have, you want to win in these circumstances. To drop the Tigers game, if they were to drop this on the back of it and lost Cleary, these are the sort of ones at the end where they're going to be in the eight. But these are probably the ones that make the difference between whether you've got a chance at the four with the changes they've had, the depth, and the side they have now. Yeah. So right. it's the sort of one where you might look back on it and go, this one is the difference between top four chance or not. Yeah. Um, overall, I didn't think they were great, but they won. And their origin players backed up. Yo was great. I thought he was probably the real standout. Toto was busy, as he always is. Dill did a lot of clean-up work. I thought the Dragons certainly took it to him. They did. The yeah, Bellum um, is starting to play a lot more back on the ball like he did a few years ago, playing some good footy. Hunt and Sewell working well together. They went down that right side a lot. Obviously, they got the power there. Lomax, Ravalawa, who both times Penrith were there with numbers or covered for him. He just powered his way in. Yeah. Um, so they certainly gave more they could handle. But it's, I thought Fisher-Harris was good. He fucking whacked some blokes in the middle. Yeah, I thought Moses, similar deal. Mossy was good, yeah. Um, we were there live having a couple of beers on the hill. It was good. Mm. I think it's good that there wasn't twenty thousand people there. It was yeah, it was nice to actually. It was a little less packed there. See on the hill, we we picked the right night to go. That that probably the last time I go by the Melbourne one where I buy a seat because mm. every other time you can't fucking see oh, anything yeah. anymore. We're gonna buy a box for the Melbourne game. We're gonna try. That's yeah. for sure. We're gonna try. 
Um, tough moment. I can get another one that came out from Annesley. There was a knock-on that led to a try and the set after. So, yeah, it's tough on Fiona. Where they said the ref called play on live, but the touch judge overruled him. Yeah. So, does it change the result? I don't know. People weren't happy in the end with a slow no try. That's the 50-50 again where Fisher-Harris just milked the shit out of it. He's literally stood there, made sure he's got on the side of him, didn't even make an attempt to really move. He didn't move. But Murdoch Musilla can't stop there. No, he can't. You've got to get through the line and get the fuck out of the way. Like, I hate what when that happens, but you've left yourself in the position for the player to be able to do that. Yeah. That's the hard part because yeah. I don't agree with it, um, but that's that's the rule. So for Murdoch Musilla, you're the only one there. Move your ass. Get back in or get through the line so you're only truly out of the way. Uh, thought when Lomax snatched that one out of the air, we, we were going to go on point. Yeah. Said that to you. Like, you, you said it to me. You go, oh, let's go to go on point. And then it hit and I was like, you might be right here. Mm. Uh, but for Penrith, just it happened a little bit too easy after that. Yo just sort of split two defenders. He went low and got the arm free. And Mossy, of all people, was the one to score. And then off the back of that, no try situation. They tried the short dropout to get one last crack. The penalty goal lost it. So I think for Penrith, you guys backed up. The clearer thing's a big blow. You've got to navigate that now. But you won that one. Cogger, a couple of nice moments. The kick for Toto was good. Yeah, he Sort was, of worked he his way in. So I guess for now, you're just hoping he can do a job and you can maybe eke out a couple of wins while Nathan's not there. You don't have to go on a, a six-game winning streak or a five-game winning streak or anything ridiculous. But if you can go five, like 50-50 and at least grab two or three wins to put yourself in a nice, comfortable position to make sure that the eight's not in danger, which I'm sure it won't be, um, well, then, you know, they get to have a bit of a run at the back end with, you know, the best halfback in the game. Exactly. I guess the, the other thing here they don't want is any more injuries. Because <clears throat> the depth, like we said, the last few years has been stripped out, but you lose your, your key player. You're seven. If you were to lose anyone else on the back of it now, say a Mossy or Lenu again or Yo or anyone else off the back of the Origin stuff or Martin again, then you'd be starting to feel the pinch to fill those spots in. But for Penrith, it's not ugly, but just win. That's what they did. Just win? Just win. And Jack DeBell and that K out there, and that was ugly. Can you sort that out for us? That was just a straight up. He dipped head first into contact and just down. That was bad. I'm pretty sure he's not named this week, and rightfully so. It wasn't good, man. He was sleeping, mate. It wasn't good at all. <laughs> but, yeah, for the Dragons, I guess there's bigger stuff around your club at the moment, which, again, they've done the full 360. Now they're saying they're going to go look at an experienced candidate, and lo and behold, they're talking to Shane Flanagan. Hmm. Had him there to start with. Probably could have kept him there to start with and just ended all this mess before a ball was even kicked. And Yeah, let's see if uh, old Dowster, you can... Get on board this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like sir. I said before, I don't understand how you can be an assistant in pathways and recruitment and doing everything else, and then you go, oh, you can't be the coach there. Like, mate, you've already given him fucking four jobs. You mate, he's basically the only thing he's not doing right now is coaching your team. And at one point, you were letting him and Young and other guys vote for what the team was over your head coach. So you essentially were putting him in a position to basically be like an interim when they were getting rid of Mary at the time. That's true. So I don't understand how suddenly, oh, we can't do that. It's like, well, fuck, you gave him enough responsibility within your club. Yeah. So they're talking now. Like I said, he's obviously in the running. Noise around Des. He's back on. No, they're looking more that veteran right now. But for me, um, I still think the best bloke on the market is Flanagan. And if he hasn't served his time after all this time, I don't know. 
Surgery's time. When yeah, I heard that sort of line, I'm like, fucking <clears> hell, <throat> He's had jobs the whole no, time. Ridiculous. You've let him be in the media. Like, someone who's completely outcasted can't do anything. No. He's been in pathways. He's done coaching. Play on. He's been an assistant. Get over it. Like, if you're not looking at him, and if you're willing to throw $800,000 at a bloke who's never been a head coach, and you're not willing to look at a premiership winner who built a club, get your head red. Yeah, I thought what he said today was smart and mature. Yeah, pretty much just said I'm not competing for it or begging for a job or this stuff. Now if they want to come talk to he me, doesn't need to. I'm interested. I like he's keen on the job, but yeah, he's not going to get in a battle with course, Young or yeah. Hornby or this that. Now he's just saying simple, and that was from an ego perspective. I've coached an Arrow Club. I want to come. I'm keen to coach again. If they're serious, and I want to talk. I'll talk. Yeah, but I'm not going to be yeah fighting for a job because if not, he's happy where he's doing what he's doing. Yeah, hundred percent. So, and I'm sure that comes off the back of like we said. Been linked to jobs or been overlooked for the situation, some of the circumstances, which I think at this point in time is just a crock of shit. Yeah. So why would he do it to himself? That's exactly right. Why would you? The fingers crossed. Uh, they sort of go that way. I think, like I said before, somebody like him solves a lot of the problems because one of the big things that Riles was worried about was who's in your GM of football, who's doing your recruiting. Like Someone like a Flanagan can have his hands involved in a few things there. I hope get that sort of stuff under control. Yeah, they obviously need to put people in place in those departments, but he can certainly have a lot more influence than just coaching the team. He'll also attract quality assistance or other. You know, quality you know the part of it that I like that he's been there and he knows what the infrastructure looks like. Yeah, the salary him, cap. He knows all that. Not a silly man. He'd know exactly how mm-hmm. he'd want to set that club up, exactly who he'd want in what position, and he'd be able to execute it. And he's done this before that, and I know he's got credibility and, and experience in the job. The Sharks yeah. needed a demo job and a rebuild from the ground up, and he did it. Yeah. And this is what the Dragons need. And it's the exact same thing. And he knows the cap because he was managing it for a short period of time there. So he'd be able to walk straight back in, know every contract, know every player, and go, this is a good deal. That's a bad deal. This kid's good. First and foremost, we need to restructure things the next 18 months, two years. The other name I'd toss up is Potsy. Why not? Now that Rolls has sort of moved out of the picture, it was like almost like a slam dunk to Rolls, but interested to know whether they've... Spoken to Potsy. Yeah, well, he hasn't really been mentioned or linked to anything, has he? He's played there, much like your yeah, Bulldogs. He lives, there. he lives down he lives there. there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with a with a Flanagan, you open yourself up to a lot of things. I think there'll be staff opportunities, assistant opportunities, other people that'll come along. And then the other thing they've talked about is obviously keeping someone like a Ben Hunt or you seen players, senior players or attractive players. I think a guy who won a comp is pretty fucking attractive. Absolutely. Like the reason yeah. he lost his job wasn't because <laughs> he was coaching shit. He had a mishap. So it's not like he ever lost his job on the ability of what he does as a coach. No. It's a pretty good place person to drop into the situation they're in right now if you want to get out in the market and try and pull a couple of veterans or a couple of young guys. Yeah, but, spot on. Yeah, we'll see how that one pays out for them. But that wraps up the reviews of the games from the weekend. Let's jump in and look at the odds and the lineups for this week's games brought to you by bluebet.com.au. If you're going to have a bet with anyone, make sure you do it. With the True Blue Bookie. And remember, what are you gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Oh, I've been on a bit of a cold streak. I got, I? I got hot. <coughs> Excuse me. Got real hot for the, the old charity account, but I think I've lost. I thought you were talking about your tips. My tips? Mm, how your tips going, mate? Oh, my tips have been awful all year. Have they? I got four again this week. You got five. What's the what's the scores? Sixty three fifty eight. You're in the lead. 
I am tipping you like a bastard. I am smacking you like a red-headed stepchild. Oh, caught that. First game that we've got for this week. Oh. Titans. What a game. Tigers. Thursday night special at Seabass Seabass Stadium. Um, mm. In terms of changes there, Fafita is being rested. He had delayed concussion symptoms following that Rabbitohs game. So he went off after 30 minutes. He obviously passed. Um, but yeah, on the short turnaround and on the back of the Origin game there, they've decided not to make him play three games in eight days. Not a bad idea. AJ Brimson has returned ahead of schedule at fullback. Keanu Kinney goes back to the reserves. Brian Kelly comes in at center. Semi goes to the wing. Jojo Fafita's out to 18th man. And Chris Randall was suspended. So Sam Verrells goes in to start at nine. Cruz Leeming comes on to the bench, as does Jamin Jolliffe, who comes back from a pec injury. Look, if and- the Titans can't win this one... Season is done. Well, Tigers, same squad from last week. No surprise, except Arby will come back in to start. So, what are the odds on bluebet.com.au? Well, if you want the odds from Bluebet, it is a dollar eighty favorite. The Gold Coast Titans, two dollars. The Tigers minus one and a half is the line. I'm going that way. I, if in doubt, go the home team. I'll go the Titans. I'm going the Tigers. If if they yeah, if they lose here. Fafita season over. Fafita out is big for me. Your left edge is very potent, but it's at its best when it's foreign for Fafita, Alofiana Camperera, and it's either Sami or Kelly who's been playing. Sort of there in different variations, but in particular the other week when they had Kelly there. Again, defense isn't great, but they could score some points. And a couple of those pieces are missing. I love Jaden Campbell, but it's tough defending him in the front line. And Tanner Boyd. And Brimson being back, I absolutely love him, but he's always just a moment away from getting hurt again. Yeah. So for this week in particular, and the way the Tigers have been building, and the second half, worry, oh, this is definitely a game I can see the Tigers winning. So I'll stick with them. And the second game we've got is the one that we spoke about earlier, the second player ever to play 300 games with the Canberra is Jared Croker at 6pm at GIO Stadium in Canberra up against the Warriors. In terms of their changes, there's a fair bit going on. Actually, Croker obviously returns for that 300th. Hopper goes back to the wing. Kotrick goes to the bench. Seb Chris is back in the number one jersey. So Harley Smith-Shields is out of the team. Elliot Whitehead's back from his pec injury. He took a suspension on purpose in line with that injury. Smart by him. Didn't have to pay a fine and he was going to be out anyway. So he goes back into the back row. Horsberg goes back to lock. Tarpany back to prop and Sami Solo. Sammy Solo. Sammy Solo goes back to the bench. It's and the best four. name in rugby league, Sammy Solo. It is a good name. And the bench, uh, sorry, for the Warriors, Ali Lauatea, as I said, makes his debut. Another one of these good kids. He's replacing Rocco Berry <clears> after <throat> that sickening shot he copped last week. That's the only change to that side for them. Um, and yeah, Lauatea, like I said, been really, really good in cup. Scored nine times in 13 games. He's busted 50-plus tackles. He's a physical specimen. He was one of the kids who was in that gun ball side we were supposed to play in 2020, only 18 then. So he's had to wait a couple of years with the bubble. But uh, been playing good cup footy. I've seen him that day you played him. They're an impressive team. Yeah. You would have done a video on Ali Leo Tau. Yeah. yeah. Look, looks a good player. Absolutely. So he comes in with an opportunity. <laughs> Absolutely. And Freddie Lussick is the only other one. He's not in the team, but he's back in the reserves this week. So whether they look to go dual nines, I don't know. I sort of like the fact their bench the way it is now. I think Bailey Syrian's pretty underrated with what he can offer. Can do a multitude of jobs. Back row, lock, halves, nine. Mm. Um, I obviously like it more when they've got Dylan and Jazz on the bench, which they're still 
missing, but I don't know about this one. I, I'd i like to think in his 300th at home, they'll be up for it and they'll get the job done. Yeah, I'm tipping Canberra. I like, but I really like the Warriors. It's their grand final. I like their forward pack. I like the way they've been playing their football. Uh, I'm going Canberra purely on the circumstances. They, on the 300. They need to deliver. Especially after, like I said, you've waited for this moment. If you're all the players and you can't get up for this one for Toots, give yourself a triple. Up for Tootsie. So, should be an absolute belter. You're on the Raiders? Yes. And the odds with bluebet.com.au, they're $1.55 favourite. The Warriors, $2.45 outsider. Four and a half is the line you get there. Manly up against the Dolphins. This one at four points, I'm assuming. It is four points. Or Brookie. Or the 8 o'clock Friday night game. Tom Trevojevic got cleared after they changed the grading. After they went through the process to get that done. Uh, Ruben Garrick has shifted to the centres because Brad Parker fractured his elbow. Christian Tupelotto comes into the wing. Cherry Evans obviously coming back in after origin. Cooper Johns drops out. And Josh Alloway is back from injury on the bench. So a couple of bins there for the Dolphins on the other hand. While suspended, Milford suspended. Gilbert out now for the season Marshall King, luckily, comes back in after being a late scratch. Puasa Famasuli is going to come into play. Front row, SESE and Kurt Donahue are the new faces on the bench with Max Plath, the debutante from last week, back to 18. Um, with those outs, being a home game again and the situation they're in, it's, I think it's, again, a must win with the way that bottom end is linked to the ladder. Yeah. If yeah. they lose this, they, they're going to end up two wins away from the eight, <laughs> even with the draw. Yep. So I think for Manly... Manly, must win. Have to win. At home, a couple of their players missing. You're getting a couple back in. See how important it is with, with the fact that they've gone and tried to get Turbo and got him. Yeah. Big in. And then, like we said, Garrick moving into the centres and Tupelo to come and in. Look, they haven't been this fit for a while. Like I know I'm you know, noticing it with just with, even with our squad this week, just the players that are coming back. and Yeah, it'll be... Well, the other one I'll be interested in is Val Tavares. Yeah, Val Tavares in 17. Branko Lee came off with a calf again. And he got on the field. So Branko could also be a late scratching. There could be someone else on the bench. Whether yeah. that's, I don't think that would be Plath again if that's the case because Donahue covers nine and halves. It might be somebody else like a JJ Collins. But his whole bench is basically... Gildart's gone back to America. Uh, UK. I think it? he's gone next year, isn't he? Is I've seen something now that I didn't read it properly. I thought but... he was going immediately. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't paid that much attention. I did say that he'd signed, but I didn't know if it was immediately or not. But the odds with bluebet.com.au on this one, Manly $1.38. The Dolphins are sponsored by Bluebet, $3.05. The line is minus 8.5. Dragons up against Souths and two big outs for Souths. Jai Arrow, that ankle. Cameron Murray, the groin, and Latrell still missing, but a big in who a really handy player from last year off the bench, the way he played. Saliva Harvili, he has not played a game this year. He's back from injury straight away into that team. Um, so interesting to see how he's going. After a long layoff, Shaq move, Mitchell moves into the starting side at lock. Jed Cartwright joins the bench. Uh, so a couple of changes there. For the Dragons, DeBellin will miss after that brutal knockout. Ben Murdoch-Masilla moves into that lock role. The new face on the bench is Zane Musgrove. Jack Bird and Blake Laurie are listed amongst the reserves. Possible returns. It's at Net Strata. I still have to lean the way of South. Yeah, South. Um, even with quality outs. The one thing they've shown this year, be like last week, lose those two guys in-game, but... 
guys like Cheekham, they've been doing a job. Host is doing a job. Kalamatungi being back in is obviously big, but they just seem to you know be able to call up on some of these guys now after making that decision the last few years to stick with what they've got and build this squad up and people when they need to seem to just get the job done. So going with that and looking at the odds, Souths are the favourite at a dollar forty two. The Dragons two eighty five minus seven and a half is the line there. So if you like a bit of the value there or think that's up to your liking and they got a chance, I thought that might be a little bit further out. But again, big outs with Arrow Luttrell and Murray. Broncos up against the Knights back at home after a couple of good wins on the road and dealing with the origin period. Selwyn Cobbo is back on deck after missing a game. Uh, and Jesse Arthur's, in that case, <coughs> is the only change. He goes to 18th man. For the Knights, they get back. Tyson Frizzell, so Jack John's out of the side. Fitzgibbon suffered a calf injury, but he's been named to play. Kurt Mann's back onto the bench at the expense of Lockie Miller. And they come out of the bye this time a bit fresh. So uh, looking to try and bounce back, but I, I just don't see it. I think, like I said, this draw and the way it's laying up for Brisbane, you hit this one and make it three in a row during the origin period. Of course. You head back into camp. You come out of it. I think they're going to buy then. And then, like I said... Big game for Newcastle. Oh, huge. Almost similar to Manly, aren't they? In similar they, boat. They need it. You lose. You put yourself into that space where you could be two away. Yeah. Um, Makes it difficult for the back end, doesn't it? They're just more for the forward pack. <laughs> I find it hard to say, like, you know, look at their rotation. They, they do a solid job, but you look at what Brisbane's been doing with their rotation when they're good to go. They're just relentless. Haas and Carrigan leading the way, playing huge minutes, and then they roll in. Tapa U, Hetherington. Pierre Crew is starting to cut out a bit of a, a role for himself the last few weeks. Mm. They've kept him on the bench. Flegler, obviously, still there. Then um, even the outside back battle, if they defend the way they've been defending on the edges in particular, Gagai's edge up against Herbie Farmworth, he'll cut ribbons out of him. Yeah, absolutely. He's been dicing people up this year, so that'll be an interesting matchup for the punters if you don't mind something. But with bluebet.com.au, the Broncos are dollar twenty-three. The Knights four fifteen, twelve and a half. The line there, and what now is a very big game in the context of things again for similar reasons um, of where they're at. Roosters Panthers at Allianz seven thirty Saturday night. So for the Roosters, there is a couple of changes. Sawali, like we said, caught the three-game ban after being warned a few times about that knee. They've got him uh, this time on Marnie. So Corey Allen. Shifts to the centres. Daniel Tupo's back from injury on the wing. And Sandon Smith retains his place on the bench for the Panthers, as we know. Cleary out. Cogger will take the reins at half back there. And Jamin Salmon is the new man on the bench there. Obviously can play back row, half, centre in terms of cover. But I'll still go the Panthers. But this is one of those games I look at and go for the Roosters. This is a real good opportunity. I'm picking the Roosters. I'm <clears throat> um, not surprised. Mm. I kind of dodged one on yeah, Sunday. They did. If the Roosters turn up here with the right mentality like they did last year, this was the sort of t- turning point game for their season before they went on to win six or seven out of their last eight. Um, you know, like Penner's back five is still great. That forward pack's still pretty good, but you take Nathan out. It's a lot of responsibility on Cogger, and obviously Luai needs to step up a bit more as well. This year, without... Coruscant, I think it hurts even more, though. Because you've got Edwards again, like we're saying, primary runner. Mitch Kenny's just dishing the football. 
there's a lot more on these halves, so in particular Jerome. This is Jerome's territory here to step up and sort of prove the point as to why, like we said, he should still be in an origin team. And it's kind of hitting that fact that it's not just because Nathan's the halfback, which is what most of us or most people do say. Yeah. That that combination is the reason you're sort of getting, you know. So it's it's a big game for him. But yeah, for the Roosters, good confidence builder last week. I guess with the simplification of their spine, Turpin doing a good job, Kiri taking control of things and, and Teddy bouncing back. But yeah, that back line would be the interesting one for me. If, if Alan and Billy Smith are your centers up against Tago and Crichton, uh, Billy Smith's been pretty good since he's got back in, but it'll be a, a tough matchup for Corey Allen, I think. Yeah. Whichever side of the field he's playing. I'm just trying to think, what side's Billy Smith been on? He's been on the left. So he would have been up against the right. So Corey Allen. Corey Allen, if he's on the right, will be up against Tega. Their left. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's left. Mm. Well, either way, it's going to be a decent matchup there for them. Be, he might be right. Um, and even their bench at the moment. Like, <clears throat> I know Crichton's building his way back in. Brown's played a couple of games now. Lodge has been a little bit quiet, but I, I'm with you. I think this is a big opportunity for the Roosters. You're not going to get Penrith at a better time. And again, being one win out of the eight, chance to drag yourself back in. The odds on this one, the Roosters with bluebat.com.au, $2.45. The Panthers, $1.55. Minus four and a half is the line there. Moving on, another big game Sunday. Storm, Sharks, both on seven wins, only just in the eight. A lot of traffic around them, both teams. Uh, you know, should be probably doing better than what they are. Melbourne, Heading back into the origin period as well. We're going to lose a couple more. Does Nico get taken away from the Sharks? This is a big game. A real big game of football. But for Melbourne, big out. Justin Ollam failed his HIA. His place will be taken by Grant Anderson. And Tarek Sims comes on the bench after almost a month playing big minutes in cup. And for the Sharks, Cameron McInnes returns. Uh, so Tom Hazelton goes back to the reserves. Blake Braley, Mulitalo, and Hamlin ULA were all charged, but accepted fines and a fine to play. <sighs> this is tough. So what's Melbourne's bench then? Garlic, Penne. Garlic, Penne, eh? Nelson, Osofa, Solomon, Tarek. So we start with Tui and Welch now. Grant Anderson. I think that'd be a response. I'm going Melbourne. Hmm. It's the edges that more worry me. We got shredded last week on our right. And they've obviously been pretty good, both sides of the field. But then the other side now, when Anderson was in last year, he did a job a couple of games, but also at other times, it was a bit of a vulnerable spot. With Olam, you know what you're going to get. The old jukebox, he just comes in and tries to kill anyone. Mm. They got Anderson once at the back end of last week. It was a tough spot to come into when you're playing, not sitting on the bench getting 10 minutes a week and not playing at all, which he has been. Um... But that matchup on the other side of the field now with Ramey and Sifatalakai and the way they sort of swing, it worries me if our middle doesn't do a job. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it should, mate. Yeah, again, I know, like I said, I know they've said about their forward pack maybe been a little bit inconsistent. I think their edges have been really, really good, but our our pack at times has been hit and miss. So I'm, I'm sort of with you. I think heading into camp, Belzer would be absolutely filthy and it's, it's a really <laughs> big game to win, but... Depending on the odds here, I, I think with my money, not my tips, I might be looking at the Sharks. So those odds with bluebet.com.au, 
Yeah. Melbourne a dollar fifty-five favorite. The Sharkies at two dollars forty-five. Four and a half start. Maybe something more around the one to twelve mark at three seventy. Um, but yeah, I'm not not totally sold on Melbourne in that one. It's a, it's a tough one. And long weekend. How good? Four p.m. Monday. Doggies up against the Eels, and this has generally been a pretty good clash in the past. And even last year, I went when Vaughan was there, and they absolutely lit the Eels up when the Eels were on a good roll. So. Interesting game, but for the Doggies, they get some players back in. Reed Marnie was named despite suffering that head injury. I don't know how he gets the knocks. He's had the last few weeks, and that's not time for a week off. You got his bell rung by Tino. You got his bell rung by that knee. Cap tears or not, if you have multiple, I think, HIAs or head knocks, surely at some point there's a rule where you're like, okay, too many HIAs. Time out. You need to have a week off, mate. Just maybe calm down a little bit. Mm. He's going to end up with the uh, the counter with Billy Ray in uh, not another team movie, how many concussions he's got left. You, don't, you can't be just clocking him up week after week after week. But he was subject to the 11-down stand-aid period, but they've applied for an exemption, which he's able to return to train and play if declared fit following a review by an independent neurological expert. So uh, under a cloud. Um after being diagnosed with a concussion, but they're going through the process to try and get him to play. Yeah. For me, like I said, if he ends up playing, that that's, yeah, that, that's, that one's an odd one for me. I think they should just give him the week off. But they're trying to win games. I get that. But, yeah, the multiple head knocks. Jacob Krause is back on deck. Blake Wilson goes to reserves. Harrison Edwards moves into the starting side. Chris Patolo joins the bench with Ryan Sutton out. And that's the changes for them. For the Eels, a big win, like we said earlier. Regan Campbell-Gillard returns early after suffering that groin injury in round eight. So what's he missing now? Six weeks. Mm-hmm. So Andrew Davies back after missing with concussion. Matt Dury moves to the bench and Luca Moretti drops out. Dylan Brown for now, as I said before, he's been named subject to determination of the no-fault stand-down policy. So I'm pretty sure I was right in what I said earlier. It's usually past the 10-year mark, but I think they've got discretionary powers. I'd have to look into that again, but from my memory yeah. originally, I think it's based on the charges and the amount of time. <clears throat> oh, mate, I'll trust you. Um, yeah, I think it should be good scrap. They generally always are, but Paulo back on deck with Campbell Gillard. Cartwright's been doing a good job in the back row. Hopgood's thriving now that he got his roll back. Like the, the bench, you know, Makahesi and Offahigi Ogden were doing a pretty good job. What is that man? Weirimu. There's nothing there about Weirimu. Is he injured? Out, where are Greg? They've got no information about it. Did he play cut last week and get hurt or something? No, I don't think so. Usually there's always information as to why someone's out. <laughs> that just says where are out, but they've given no reason why. He was playing great footy. Yeah, we play him next week, so... Maybe he played cut on the weekend and got suspended or injured or something. Don't know. So, yeah. Was he named? No, well, I haven't seen anything. So, again, Parramatta fans. He hasn't fans. played Cup in a while. I don't want to see him on the Cup list. No, nah, Parramatta fans probably know better. Maybe he's got injured. But you wouldn't be dropping him out for no reason. Yeah. But he's not even in the reserve, so. Could have got injured at training. Haven't heard anything. So, there you go. Decent out, but I'll still stick with the Eels. I think similar deal. You're in that log jam. You might lose a couple extra into Origin. They've got Karaz back on deck, but... Still, I think with Reed Marnie being under a cloud, what they've got coming off the bench still. Campbell, uh, Campbell, Gra- Campbell Graham. Campbell, Campbell Gillard. Gillard. Campbell Gillard. Big game. Yeah. Brown will be big. And blow. also a bit of an audition for Moses. 
Yeah, Brown would end up being a big blow. Um, would they go with Arcee or do they put hands in and let Hodgson play 80? Hands was a junior half before he turned into hooker. I think since he's, he's been ranking, there, he, he's played. At, well, he's not in, level. not in the squad at all. They got Arcee. Who'd they name? Dejan. Dejan's in the Dejan's A. Dejan's been playing six at Cup. So he'll probably come and play six then. Mm. Hansy's been playing nothing but nine since he moved there. Correct. Come through yeah. as a junior. Bit of lock. Uh, Bit of lock. Uh, you on the Eels? Yeah. Ranger game for the Eels. Could be. Like I said, really a win in that log jam position, them, the Cowboys, Roosters. But the struggle odds, with this type of game. Mm, the odds of bluebet.com.au, $2.95 by the Dogs. Parramatta, $1.40 minus 8.5 is the line. And with that... We've gone different on Panthers, Roosters, and Tigers, Titans. Uh, thank you to bluebet.com.au. You've got NRL same game multi bonus this week. If you place a same game multi with three or more legs, if your multi fails by one leg, you get your stake back as a bonus bet up to $50, maximum one per day. And hopefully we'll find a winner for the charity account. To add to that 684 smackaroos for the charity of our choosing. But remember, what are you really gambling with for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. And there we go. What about the old futures markets? I'm interested in the premiership thing now with Cleary going down and what's been going on. Brisbane are firm right in there, 550. South, 425. Panthers still the favourite at $4. Storm at eight. Sharks eleven. Roosters at fifteen. Still a bit of confidence about the roosters, isn't there? Uh, I wouldn't call it confidence. Uh, That'd be as long as they've been. No, they were in the twenties or something not long ago. Really? What about the top eight market? I'm interested to see where the Warriors and the Cowboys are at now. Cowboys five dollars. I might take a piece of that actually. Mate, the eight. Yeah. Not bad odds. Warriors at twos. I looked at them when they were about four and didn't look at it. Top four is a bit more open, I guess, now. If Penrith have some injuries, they're fairly short. But you've got Sharks in the fifth line of betting at 240. Raiders at 325. I think there will be a spot open for somebody to take. The Raiders are probably a good odds, but having the fact that they've jagged eight wins already. Well, I think... How many wins do you reckon need to be top four? 16 usually. So I think Brisbane and South probably find themselves in the top four. I don't think Penrith or Storm or the Sharks are a lock with the way they're going at the moment. I think Penrith are. Well, I think top four. if the Cleary thing costs them a couple of wins. Yeah, that's true. If the Warriors win a couple and the Raiders win a couple and sort of build that log jam. But... I think Penrith, South, Broncos, you can pencil in. This weekend's game will go a long way to determining who the other team is mm. between Melbourne and Cronulla. What do they got? Origin game two odds. I know the teams aren't even out right now, but no surprise with bluebet.com.au, the Queensland Maroons dollar fifty seven favourite. Blues two forty minus five and a half is the line they're given at the moment. What is it? Five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah. No thanks. No. Not touching that one with a ten foot pole. But that's us, mate. Who you got this weekend? Where are you at? Uh we've got the Magpies on Sunday afternoon. After a big result on the weekend, it was good. Yeah, Blacktown. At Blacktown, yeah. 3 p.m.? 3 p.m. at Blacktown. H.E. Laybutts. H.E. Laybutt Field and the Workers' Complex. Yeah, knocked off the table-topping bears on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Bit of a people. points fest. Lots of tries. Yeah. Our attack's starting to click a little, which is good. Got Brad, e- Brad Abbey in the halves. 
the old Mounties connection, Matto at 13 and BA at 6, and things look pretty smooth. You're going to have a similar lineup this week, you're hoping? Hope so. Yeah, I hope so. We'll find out more. Uh, NRL train tonight, so we'll find out a little bit more post post that. I've probably got an email waiting for me, actually, with uh, more info on what the squad will look like. But the good thing is for us is that NRL will play Friday night and we play Sunday. So yeah, you have a day or two there to get the extras back. Hopefully, and... yeah. But they play. They then go into Parramatta same day as us. So they've got an eight day turnaround where we we're going to have a six day turnaround. So it's going to okay. So maybe one or two. Maybe they'll hold them. Yeah, it just depends on what happens. Yeah, well, like you said, if they get through healthy. Yeah, it's not ideal playing. Three o'clock Sunday when NRL are playing on Friday. You'd probably prefer to play Saturday, but yeah, it's yeah outside of my control. Fair enough. Combank the week after against the Parramatta Seal on Saturday, I think 5.30 NRL, three o'clock um, cup. So yeah, that'll be good. Go to Combank. I didn't get to coach there last year, so... Nice. Went there early, though. Early, I think we played Penrith there, Mounties, last year. Round two or round three, might have been. Early doors. Yeah. Everyone at Blacktown's pretty happy at the moment because I think they won two games in two years and we've won... we almost got a... I think we've won five, lost six. And two of those games were led by double digits. So, yeah, things are... Things are looking up. It's good. Good points. Mm. Hmm. Happy for you, mate. Happy for you. Uh, I've got no game this weekend. We're having a buy around for the long weekend. A double buy. No complaints for you. Yeah, I wasn't meant to be, but circumstances. Ron Massey Cup are doing that as well. They've got a whole whole competition buy this weekend. It's not a bad thing because uh, some of the teams that age group off the back of Matt's schoolboy football had injuries at the moment. I know that. It's just it's tough. For the comp that's affiliated with New South Wales Cup, like, we're sort of looking going, well... They had a week off when we had City Country, which was, what, a month ago? Yeah, we had a buy-in around that. So some of these boys now, you know, that competition started later. So mm. some of these boys have gone from a late start Could have played sort of six or seven weeks in a row. and then Two, now they're two games go, in five weeks. Yeah, three games in six weeks or two games in five weeks. That's right. So mm. when they're trying to push for cup, it's not... Yeah, it's not ideal. Not getting volume, not getting games, and it's also hurting mm. if you've got extras in your cup set up. Yeah, and it's also not it's not a time for doing a lot of like heavy loads of training. Nah. This time of year, like we said, it's maintenance mm. and just working on your game plan basically and you you know, you know you're not lifting weights and bashing. It's just different, yeah. It's it's just diff- the sessions are still got plenty in them, but yeah, it's just a different philosophy around what you're trying to achieve each week. Mm. Well, we'll see what any, happens. Any new movies, books, podcasts, TV shows? Nothing. No, I watched a bit more Yellowstone, but that's you're up to. You're almost. I, up I started to date. season five. You're almost up to date, so it was pretty brutal. What did I watch? Oh, nothing since. When do we do our review? Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Thursday. What have I watched? Nothing. Nothing. I've watched rugby league. Yeah, I was just saying. Cutting tape and watching rugby league. Similar over the weekend, but yeah, got one or two more in to finish season four and season five started with a bit of a bang. But it's coming at that point, like you said, if that last season's not coming out until November. The F1's wrong. Watch, what was watching that. Red Bull one again. Yeah, Max Verstappen kicked ass. Just doing what he does. I had a little bet, actually. I had 
Max Verstappen to be qualify fastest, Max Verstappen to have the fastest lap, and Max Verstappen to win the race. Three bucks. That was a nice little collect. Good beans. Yeah, it was good. I haven't seen many of the races, to be honest. It wasn't a very eventful race. Neither was Monaco, to be fair, until it rained. But I'm not sure if there's another one this weekend. I know they had a couple. It might actually be a triple header. I hope so. Well, usually see a little bit of that or the Moto GP. I haven't really seen either this year. Monday the 19th of June. No, so the Canadian Grand Prix is next. 19th of June. Yeah, so it goes a little bit scarce now. I think the only thing I've sort of heard, again, not watching a lot lately, is about Nick DeVries potentially losing his drive for Ricardo. Yeah, That's okay. Alfa Tori, isn't it? DeVries. I thought he'd come in when uh, old mate left the French bloke Nick DeVries. Because he'd come in with Yuki when the French guy was moving on. But they're saying that he might be on the outer for Ricardo to go back to Alfa Tori. Yeah. yeah, okay. Don't know. Yeah, the Hamilton to Ferrari talks been pretty quite, loud. That's quieting down as well. No, quieting down. Right. Yeah. Who are they punt? Leclerc or the other fella? Oh, they signs would probably move. He'd have to go somewhere else. Mm. Signs a pretty good driver. Mm. Ferrari. No, oh, yeah, hundred percent. He he'd get a drive oh, easily, definitely. DeFries finished 14th on the weekend. Alpha yeah, I, it was just a bit last week because obviously yeah. anything to do with Ricardo in Australia. That's the first thing I've seen. I was talking about DeFries maybe being uh, on the outer and Ricardo potentially sliding to that seat. So. Oscar, the Aussie Piastri went well. McLaren actually improved a little bit on the weekend. What did Piastri come? 13th. Lando Norris qualified. I think he qualified second. What did he finish? Uh, nowhere. Okay. Got, in a, got in a smack first lap, finished 7-8th. Excellent. Collided with Lewis Hamilton and lost his... How's the uh, the Stroll team doing? Because their car started the year well, oh, good. It? Yeah, um, a little bit slower this weekend. Stroll finished 6th, Alonso 7th. Okay. They're a little bit slower, yeah. I think Mercedes passed them for constructors, so they'll be 3rd in constructors. That's what saying, the constructors, they should be up there, they should Yeah, be. they're 3rd. They're going good. Mm. Alonso's driving well. Well, he's certainly not afraid to spend money, the old man. No. No. Ferrari's struggling. Yeah, bit of their fun talk. Yeah. Good points. If you haven't got on board with that, drive to survive. We've talked about it a few times now, but if you've got any interest... Yeah, that got me That got me into Epon. So Netflix. I watched the first season and then just started watching the race. I've been watching the races now for four or five years. Yeah, it's been good. I think the only other thing I sort of looked at, because I sent it the other day, was the, the Conor McGregor series that just come out. We, sp- we spoke about that on Thursday. Gotham Chopper or whatever, I've seen that bit there. Mm. I watched the trailer, looked good. Yeah. So I haven't started it, but I think with Yellowstone winding down and all the power's been done for now, Yeah. that's probably where I'll head next, I think. There you go. I do want to watch... i doing um, Better Call Soul. Well, I want to watch the one that you told me to, Mystery in Between. Yeah. I just oh. just saying that. That's there waiting for me. If you haven't seen Mystery in Between, you need to bang your head on the table. Well, there you go. There's another recommendation, yeah. Mystery in Between. Most of our listeners, they're intelligent. They would have already listened to it. F1 fans, I listened to Gunther Steiner's audiobook too. Gunther. 
It's worth a it's worth a fucking look, yeah. He does not slam my fucking door. He doesn't slam my fucking door. No more Russians as you long as him. I live. You tell him. No more Russians, never again. <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Alright, we'll get out of here, eh? Yep, it's bedtime. It's late. Everybody, long weekend. Have a good one. Stay safe. If you have too many schoon armies, make sure you don't drive. Have a plan B. That old chestnut. You know how it is. When did you become everyone's fucking dad? Oh, certainly not. Just trying to be Jeez. the trying to be the voice of a little bit of common sense because I don't have much oh, myself. You've got none yourself. I oh, know that's the point. No mirrors in this place. So, trying to pass a little bit on. Be smarter than me. But that's not hard. Long weekend. Have a good time. Mm. Everyone loves a long weekend. I don't know do I anything do. I wouldn't do. Class. I love a long weekend. You know, you can do a few things to yourself with less thought of waking up for work. Mm. Mm. Comes in handy. But thank you to bluebet.com.au. Thank you to the Penrith Solar Centre. And thank you, Sinclair, Hyundai, Penrith, and everybody out there. Four days or five days. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and a Monday game. Nice little spread of rugby league. That's how it should be every week. Got to love that. End it. Well, if they could figure the draw That's out. how it should be. Yeah, you could roll it. It, it, it. It's not hard. You just have to be smart with the draw. Not hard. You just need someone else doing the fucking draw because you've got teams that play each other twice in the first bloody five or six rounds, mate. It's ridiculous. Mm. No arguing. Mm. But, but we're worried about Graham Annesley's press conference. I'm just saying. Fucking hell. All right. I'm just saying. Can I finish? Jesus. Can, can, can we finish? <laughs> All right. Everyone enjoy your Don't long... Don't you fucking turn on me. Don't you turn on me. <laughs> He's got a blade. Uh, all right, everyone. Have a good weekend. Stay safe, like Brock said. Don't do anything that he I didn't would... say that. Oh, all right. Stay well, safe. Don't stay safe. Don't do something fucking stupid. Don't need anyone fucking lecturing me, mate. Pick a fight with a bouncer that you know no, you can't don't. beat. And We're not saying do that. Try Just and... do you. Try and hit on someone's missus who looks like he could beat you with an inch of your life. You do you. The recommendations have been passed on here. Good luck to you. No. Enjoy. No, there's no recommendations. <laughs> yeah. Just don't need, a, don't need a father figure, all right? They're not listening for a father figure. Wow. They're listening for rugby league information. Well, just, just, can I finish? <laughs> All right, everyone. Enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com listen. Shopify.com listen.